Welcome to the WTF Forum. The hosts do not give financial, legal, medical or any kind of advice. Opinions are their own. This broadcast contains foul language and dangerous ideas. If you need a trigger warning you are in the wrong place. Now enjoy the show. Dear partners and friends of What the fuck? Form, a very cordial welcome. The WTF Forum is a decentralized broadcast network with no governing body of any kind and is produced and distributed by a loosely affiliated ever-growing network of rogue independent content creators. This forum does not, will not, and shall not have any one location, feed, platform, or channel, but shall be shared and multiplied as nature dictates. If any listener of the following proceedings finds themselves offended, they will be asked kindly to go fuck themselves. All right, welcome to the WTF Forum. We are here once more, July 30th, the end of the end of the month. You know, I think this might be the first month that we've done four forums, if I'm not mistaken. Four forums, one month. Not bad. Um, I'm Mike the Polymath, Easy Peasy Podcast, and I will go ahead and send it around the circle to Stella Q. Hello all. Good morning from the future. Thanks for having <laughs> me again. Stella Q here from Union of the Unknowns. Always glad to be here. Uh, yeah, Walt here from um, How I Embrace the Sock, pretty much, I guess. Just here to hang. I don't think I'm Rob is there. Uh, but then there's there's an Ashley there, too. Okay, Hi. Uh, Ando, Burn Babylon Burn, and the Doom Kitchen. Ashley? Hey, it's Ashley, Think Change Repeat, from the Union of the Unknowns. Hello, everybody. I'm happy to see y'all. Good to see you. It's been a few. Has. Yeah. And I think uh, it looks like Rob is absent. He's got his camera on, but he is not in his chair. So we'll pass on him for now. Uh, he's but, out in the the black labs. He's out. He's in the black labs. The lab stuff. Yeah, yeah. Doing doing <laughs> stuff. Was he here when I uh, brought everybody in, or no? I haven't no. seen him. Well, I was not being a good host. Um, you know, once again, this is supposed to be a decentralized forum, and we got to find ways to where we have more than one kind of administrator who can get things rolling. Because I just came. Came into circumstances where I showed up a little bit late, so I do apologize to my my fellow forum hosts. Um, but we're here now, and we're ready to rock. Only only a couple of you know five minutes late, we'll say. You'll get a good spanking later. <laughs> don't don't tempt me with a good time. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It'll come up throughout the night, but I um, I went to the bar last night, and uh, I. I happened to overhear more than one interesting conversation um, of I'll say I went to a bar. I don't tend to go to. It was like a hipster bar. And usually I don't go there because I get into arguments. <laughs> and it was funny because for the first time I felt like people talking you know, to themselves around me 
were kind of on my wavelength, but I knew that if I interjected, we would get to a point where we disagreed, right? Like I heard somebody talking about Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell, excuse me. And um, I feel like maybe we should start there, right? I'm sure you all saw this where he kind of went zombie for a minute. Did you see this? Yeah, yeah. yeah cocaine Mitch had a, uh, he had a glitch. <laughs> Mitch had a glitch. I haven't seen so, it. I, you know, everybody wants to say that um, he had a stroke, right? That's, that's the first theory. But I, I think there might be more to it. Did you all see where it looked like somebody reached out and pricked him? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find the video. I'm struggling. But what are y'all's takes on this? Mm, I think he had a stroke. But uh, I did see the video of the woman walking up to him, tapping him with something it looked like. And then everybody kind of kind of knew what was happening it looked like on their the, by their facial expressions and whatnot but yeah i think i think it was some sort of problem that mitch had uh he really needs to retire yeah, yeah. i also i thought that it looked like he was having a medical incident like almost like some of the um really bad movies that we've seen from what we think may be vax injury where the people like all of a sudden they just freeze and then they start spinning. I mean, it looked like the beginning of that to me, but I did see where they were talking about somebody where it looked like he was pricked with something. I don't know. I thought the late, it looked like the lady went up to him and she was just like, Oh, how are you doing? You know, like that kind of thing. I didn't feel like it looked like she stuck him with anything, but who, who knows in today's day and time. <laughs> Was it an MK Ultra glitch? Could have been. It's uh, so, your country's being run by a bunch of old people who've escaped from there. <laughs> well, that's that's like the obvious truth is that like these people are just beyond um, the point of being useful, right? Like I heard somebody talking recently about how back in the day people used to kind of retire you. You know, if you if you fucked up enough on the job, they're like, hey man. Like, it's time to hang up your spurs. You're done. Um, like, retire. You, you know, so apparently that doesn't happen. Like, that that used to happen, I guess, in the trades and to some extent maybe in, like, public service. Um, I, I think the guy I heard talking about it was a lawyer. It was like he was in a law firm, and when a certain lawyer lawyer got to the point where he was too old to fulfill his duties, it was made obvious that he had to step down but apparently there's no like procedure for this in congress um they just can keep live you know keep on as long as they're alive they can keep being congress persons um who's the one that's like 90 years old the democrat diane feinstein yeah and she like has not shown up for a vote in a long time i understand she did make her way back for something, but yeah, uh, what's even funnier about this is they get some young blood in there and it's John Fetterman. <laughs> what's wrong with the blood? 
<laughs> or uh, or even like uh, uh, the squad. Like they were really young, but then they got shut down pretty quick. So is John Fetterman just to make all the old folks look less senile? <laughs> it's working. <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, I'm having a hard time finding this video, but um, I guess I'll just find the original. Um, I, se- I sent it to you in your Twitter DMs. Okay, that's why I was, I, I never look at Twitter, man. I never look yep. at Twitter. Thank you. Good, good decision. I was like, I was like, I know Walt sent it, it- to me. It's X now. Yeah, yeah, they did yeah. that. What today, right? Today, uh, about a week ago. Mm. But yeah, uh, now it looks like you're subscribed to a porn site. Yeah, it yeah. does. It really does. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> it adds to the confusion. Lovely. So Elon is so adamant about X being this this. That such a good thing that you know oh people are gonna love typing just x.com it's gonna be so easy it's it's, it's going go, going to be so so easy to do just just to type type x and, and you're, you're there there you're there you got everything it's an everything app it's, it's the everything it's app, gonna be great yep. great i i see what you're doing there ando you're doing the um the elon the elon uh stutter right I'm probably doing it faster than he does it yeah. because it, listening to him, it, it takes 20 minutes for him to spit anything out. All right. So we finally tracked down the video I was thinking about. This guy kind of breaks down what he's seeing. And um, again, like I'm not, I'm not one for the, he got pricked by something theory, even though it's interesting. Um, I have another theory and I think you guys might get a kick out of it, but We'll watch this first, and I'll tell you what I'm thinking. All right, so this here's a video of that creepy woman, Shelly Mola Capito, when she pokes Mitch McConnell in the hand. Watch this here. I'm recording off a big screen TV, so just be patient, but watch. She pokes him in the hand, and look at this guy looking right at her. As, as she does it. And then this dude over here, he watches and he smirks at what she did. And Mitch turns into a turtle. <laughs> and she comes along. Pokes him in the hand. This guy's looking to see if he got passed out from it. And this dude over here has got the smirk going on. All right. So I'm not saying this guy's got the right theory. Um, I think we should maybe watch the original real quick. There's a couple interest. Uh, there's a couple interesting uh, moments in here where I want to pause and point a couple things out. He He kind of missed most of it, but... Here, we'll see if this is a good one. Minority leader Mitch McConnell appeared to suddenly freeze while making remarks on Capitol Hill, and his fellow lawmakers had to walk him back to his office. We're on a path to... All right, sorry, this is way zoomed out. Um, we got to find something better. TikTok is going to be the death of, Republican. of us. All right. Yeah, Is okay, this is good. Here we go. 
Republicans standing by Mitch McConnell. Mitch is strong. He's stubborn as a mule. But concern remaining after the Senate minority leader froze for nearly 20 seconds Wednesday before being led away from the cameras. Later, the 80. 81- all right this one is not going to show us the whole thing yeah okay so this is the problem like a lot of it's being clipped down like there's a moment at the beginning where um basically this this tall guy behind what's her face whispers into her ear and then she goes and she taps him with what look like reading glasses and I'm not above thinking maybe those reading glasses had a little needle that <laughs> injected some kind of like um, you know, tranquilizer or paralysis agent or something. But the theory that I read in the comments section that I thought was actually halfway compelling was uh, post-hypnotic suggestion. Okay, where the little tap on the wrist basically shut him down, like made oh. him made him made him go into a trance. <clears throat> I don't know. What do you think? I think that's yep. super interesting. I did have visions of the Get Smart Lab with the, with the glasses. Uh, you, you probably don't even know what Get Smart is, mm. you young people. I do. I do. Ah, good. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, ah, yeah. good. <laughs> so when are bars going to start serving frozen Mitches? <laughs> what would it be? What, what would a frozen be? <laughs> I, would, I would think that it would be turtle flavored. So it's kind of got, you know, chocolate, pecan, caramel, you know, uh, definitely turtle flavored. Right. Um, turtle flavored freezy pop thing, something, something. Lot, lots of I ice. I don't know. Yeah, lots of ice for sure. Crushed ice. <laughs> I'm really frustrated, man. You remember the days where you could just Google something and it was in the top results? <laughs> You can't do that in 93. You cannot do that anymore. I, you know, I searched Mitch McConnell trance full, full video and I'm getting nothing but like CNN and, uh, you know, MSNBC and it's kind of frustrating, but what's weird is the little whisper from the tall guy to the gal. And then immediately she goes and she taps him on the wrist and he just shuts down. And it's very strange. I know everybody's covering it, but like, obviously, if we're going to be the WTF forum, we're trying to come at it from a different point of view. I don't think it was a stroke. I don't know. I mean, they wheeled him right back out. It was like they snapped him out of it and they brought him back and he said, everything's cool. You know, I just got lightheaded. That was the official story, right? I don't know. It's not like I know what what happened here, but it's it's obvious that this is not okay to me. And it was funny, you know. The funniest take I heard on it was uh, Dave Smith and Robbie the Fire talking about it, and they said like, it you know people expect so little from Mitch McConnell that it took a full thirty seconds before anybody even realized something was amiss, <laughs> which is pretty sad, you know. Uh, yeah, that know. is very sad. If they're the people who are running the country, it's like, oh, yeah, take your time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that people fully expect to be gaslit, right? So you just know that you're not going to get the truth about what actually happened. Whether it was a 
and here's the other thing. Uh, it's a big if. If you were to ever actually get the truth and it was actual a medical emergency, you wouldn't even get that. You know, it's like no truth is coming from any authoritative source. And that's why we're sitting here wondering if he got poisoned <laughs> with a pair of reading glasses because that is just as plausible or or feasible in today's day and time. That's how, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, lack of clarity always invites speculation, so. Yes, yes, 100%. And I feel like it is possible that something weird went on. I mean, I think it's it's very possible. But here's my question. What would be the why? Would it be part of maybe like a humiliation ritual? Like we're going to get you up there because, because it doesn't even seem like humiliating politicians matters anymore. Like it happens to them on the regular Biden, McConnell, Pelosi, uh, Fetterman, all of the, you know what I mean? So it doesn't even seem like that matters. I think it's part of what is to be expected now. Now I have my own theories about why the politicians are so incompetent which I think it goes back to the World Economic Forum, um, how the world will look different by 2030. And the United States, one of the bullet points is that the U.S. is no longer the world's superpower. So I feel like this is serving a couple of purposes. So we're not the superpower anymore. And the way that you get that is by, and we've talked about this here and in other places, the demoralization campaign, right? The constant gaslighting. Um, people have no respect for these people. They're an embarrassment, but yet nothing is getting done. So then I feel like that's part of the, you know, like a, the revelation of the method. And I also think that it's demoralizing and that all goes to contribute to sundowning the U S. Um, and so I think it all kind of goes together, but what would be the why I'm curious what y'all think in this particular situation. I think they're purposely trying to break down the structure so they can come in with the one world government. That's what it's, it's pretty simple. Organized chaos, right? Yep. Selective or demolition or, um, yep. Yeah. Come yeah. in with the Controlled uh, demolition. Thank mm -hmm. you. Thank you. Yeah. So Walt's hooking it up here. He's, he's on the ball because apparently the only good info comes from Twitter. I mean, <laughs> X, right? Like, if you want to find the uncut footage, you have to go to x.com. Oh man, maybe we should maybe we should kind of dive into this idea, but apparently, yeah, uh, Elon Musk is the only source of information now, which I'm not sure is a good thing, but here we are. Uh, let me play this real real quick. All right, we'll go back real quick. So you see the guy whisper, right? Whisper. And a string of... And the tap we, you know, we just saw. Yeah, boom. But, like, this is the weird part. He just leans over, whispers something to her, and without hesitation, she walks over and taps him on the hand quickly. And I think she does have a pair of like reading glasses. Not that it, well, maybe it does matter. Like I said, reading glasses could be like a CIA device with a little needle. Um, but I like the idea of post hypnotic suggestion. Yep. So let's see the timing of it. Does he stop talking before or after the tap? I mean, I think that matters. 
string of uh he goes uh she tapped him right during the uh you know like i'm not trying to be over over conspiratorial i think this is probably just a senior moment could you please play it in real time mike i haven't seen this so yes here we go from the beginning whisper tap uh operation and a string of I mean, wow, right? No joke. 30 seconds before people are like, are you okay? This guy says, anything else you want to say or, you know, something. Do you want to say anything else to the press? And he shuffles away with like two guys holding his arms. And then he does come back out later. Um, Walt, does does the second clip show anything more than that? Uh, no, but I can I can send that one to you real quick. Okay. While he's doing that, could you please just play that again from the start? I'm sure, just really interested sure. in the very beginning there. Yep. So I'll I'll kind of pause and point it out. There's every frame is kind of interesting here. So whisper, you see this right? Yeah, I'm interested in what Mitch was actually saying. Why did they well, go so, and whisper to so the context he's talking about this is like after the ufo hearing if i'm not mistaken and he begins to talk about the ndaa and anybody that knows more can correct me um this is what i've gathered so far so the national defense authorization act which they pass like i don't know every year every two years it's like a budget thing but it always um authorizes all kinds of nefarious sort of um projects right there's tons of stuff written into this law and he was talking about the ndaa you know it would be interesting to get the minute or two leading up to this because very interesting because i think that seemed to spark something he said sparked then yeah Uh, yeah. look at the guy wiping his face behind him he's like oh god here we go so he's smacking his face (laughs) these two guys on either side i don't know who they are but they both seem to be like where are they where are they look? secret service i think they're secret service are they okay yeah um so okay anyways we've got the whisper play and a string of uh... she taps him right right there does anybody remember when pelosi was trying to do that to trump hmm no and they yeah, she kept, uh, I forget what the context was, but uh, she was trying to shake his hand on some deal or something. And he just kept looking at her hand and looking at her in the face and just pulled his arm back and was like, get away from me. <laughs> so what I find really interesting is this guy who had done the whispering. He, I mean, there's better quality imagery that you can find, but he is staring at her hand. That's as right. She, as she yeah. taps him. And this guy over here is looking at the other guy um, or her. Who's, who's initiating it. And I'm going to drag this kind of slow. So smile. This guy, look at this. Look at this face. Yeah, look uh-huh. at this face. Look Made at the contact. Yep. This is again. 
this is something this is something i don't know what but yeah. that is a face of like well done like he, he looks a little uh arch and, and, is the best the word guy. arch he looks kind of acknowledgement yeah it looks evil though it looks like yeah. a plotter like a plotter yeah. kind it of al- it almost looks like i told you that was going to happen and the other yep. guy on the other side of mitch there i mean he's got a smile on his face they're all kind of smiling they're all this quite happy few- about this this is a few, this is into his freeze. Smile, smile. Everybody's smiling. Like he's saying, watch this. Look at yeah, this look smug at fuck. Look at yep. this smug fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, look, look what we did. We shut this guy down. And then they wait. Yeah, and they he wait. goes back to, oops, I was looking a bit smug. And look at the guy on the left. The fat guy. He's got a weird face. <laughs> kind of shifty. Yep. That's like the definition of shifty looking. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. It's just either way, like I don't even care if there's anything more to it than a senior moment. This guy should not have power over me or you or anyone, right? Yeah. Yep. He should be look at um... the guy on the left who walks up to him. Did he say something about don't say anything else? Mm-hmm. He did. Did he? Yeah. Right here. Well, he goes, he goes, do you want to say anything else to the press? And then he says under. Well, he says it, he says it two different ways. He goes, that's right. Do you want to say anything or do you want to go back to your office? And then he says, do you want to say anything else to the press here? I'll play it. Or should we just go back to your office? This uh-huh. is how you this is how you talk to a demented uh grandparent, right? Yep. When I say demented, I mean with dementia. Um Yep, he should be in an armchair with a crocheted rug across his knees. He should. He should. China he should Mitch. Be, he should be done. Uh we'll play it out one more time, see if if anybody notices anything of interest, but I sort of feel sorry for him. It's kind of sad, really. I mean, but poor old man. The the Do weird you think part. He pooped him? Well, the weird part to me is that everybody just kind of pretends like this is okay, um, and that like <laughs> they don't even need to address it. Hardly, it's like, oh no, he just got lightheaded. Um, no, the dude fucking froze like a statue, and he's supposedly. Like what the majority is he the majority leader in Congress? He was. Uh yeah, he was the Senate, Senate majority leader whenever yeah. uh yeah, yeah, whenever yeah. the Republicans had the Senate. Uh I think he pooped his pants. That's another oh, theory. Not, not that. <laughs> it's been done, man. I, I would I say like my, my thought is like every action there, like each individual person, what we're talking about is possible. But also, like each action is totally normal for that atmosphere. Every person, there, everybody's uh, vying for position. They're all trying to make everything look good. So if there's a hiccup, people are trying to smooth it over immediately. So all the conversation, all the words they're saying, it's believable for a normal situation, you know. But regardless, like you're saying, yeah, this is a senile man who technically votes, right? That's a little weird. <laughs> like, that's a bad system. <laughs> 
absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he. I don't know. It. I don't care which side of the aisle you're on. Um, I mean, the. It's one thing when it's a freaking congressperson, but this is no different than what we've seen from Biden. You know, I'm not telling anybody anything they don't already know, but like, it still just blows my mind they haven't enacted what is it like the um. I don't know what the 14th amendment or something to uh, oust Biden because of his clear inability to exec, you know, execute the office of the presidency. Right. 25th amendment. I think 25th. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it seems obvious, right? It just seems like they're just wringing these characters dry. You know what I mean? Like they're mm-hmm. they're getting the very last drop out of them that they possibly can before they throw them on the clone body pile, <laughs> whatever. They, Yank in the shell. Get. Yep. Chuck them. Right. Hmm. I mean, out of how many people are in America? Some hundred million something. Three hundred and fifty million. Is that the best you got? <laughs> oh, I think we got like three three sixty three seventy now. Yeah. 100 million ain't shit you know okay yeah. so <laughs> go ahead Ando. we got we got the, the gates are open and in the border so we got is uh, an unknown number at this point yeah probably at least 40 or 400 i should say um you know something i'm curious about here i've got i've got an australian in the mix so i'll ask why the fuck does australia get to call itself part of the west uh, we're sort of actually not. We're part of Asia. We're Australasia, they call us. Yeah, yeah. So you're in you the look east. At, yeah, well, right. Yeah, uh, we're Western society, I suppose. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Geographically, that's different. Yeah. Right. We are Australasia. So this is sort of my point. Um, like East and West are very different culturally. Um, you know, I, I mentioned to all of you in the chat. I'm like, I think the theme tonight is culture shock. Um, because partly I think, again, I always reach for connections and for um, conclusions, but I think everybody in the West is going through culture shock in that um, we've been sold a bad bill of, bill of goods and we're starting to wake up to that fact. And we look around and we're shocked that the culture we're in is not what we expected, right? And that's sort of... That's my conclusion, whatever. But I've got some some clips about like Asia and whatnot. We're not going to go there quite yet. But again, I think like culture shock is sort of a, a theme in that we all experience it when when expectations are, are unmet or, you know, promises been made and you are not experiencing what what you were promised. I I'm not putting my words together terribly well, but. I feel like this whole, um, you know, Joe Biden in the presidency, Mitch McConnell freezing up, like our government is failing, COVID, fill in the blank, all the shit that's gone down. It's it it all kind of boils down to culture shock, and it. I've been trying to explain yeah. why people are like deer in the headlights right now, and this is the best explanation I've come up with. It's uh, it's actually called ontological shock. That's mm-hmm. what we are experiencing right now. And the definition of that is the state of being forced to question one's worldview. Mm. That's what we're all under. It's like a spell. Mm. Makes sense. Um, so somebody shared this clip in the chat earlier. 
and I found it compelling. It's kind of long, so I'm going to skip a little beyond halfway. That was um, brilliant. Highly recommend watching that. Yes, I would recommend watching the whole thing as well. Um, I think, so this is James Lindsay. Any thoughts on James Lindsay? Because so far he seems to me like a, like a decent source. I've heard him interviewed. Um, I don't know. Ando, like, do you have any reason not to trust this guy or anybody else? I just said he's a big old liberal. And uh, just he doesn't eat. He, he can tell you the, you know, what's going on all the time, but he doesn't have any solutions and will not. Uh, yeah, he's he's kind of a grifter, but. Uh, at okay. least he has some value. He's he's a useful crypter at this point. So I'm not exactly sure where I jumped in here. I didn't mark a good like exact time, but like I said, I'll jump a little a little beyond halfway. We've got like 13 minutes of this clip that I think are potentially useful. If anybody has thoughts and wants to like pause it, just let me know. I'll hit the pause. Um, but here we go. Is it, it's showing, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Sorry. Here we go. Maybe we got the pinwheel. It's doing the Mitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody, somebody uh, tapped his post hypnotic suggestion spot and he's frozen. Damn. All right. Hang Spinning on. Spinning Mitch of doom. I'll refresh. We'll see. Hello. All right. Once again, skip to about halfway, a little further. Took over later in China. It took over in all of these kind of agriculturally driven feudal societies, but it wouldn't work in actual capitalist nations because Marx was wrong. Then several Germans from the Frankfurt School started to study this phenomenon in more depth, and they evolved the idea further. They evolved the idea into what's called critical Marxism. They developed what's called the critical theory. And Max Horkheimer, who designed the critical theory, explained the critical theory. And what did he say? He said, well, what we came to realize was that Marx was wrong about one thing. Capitalism does not immiserate the worker. It allows him to build a better life. So I developed the critical theory because it is not possible to articulate the vision of a good society on the terms of the existing society. All right, I'll pause real quick just to say what he's kind of doing is making this argument that a lot of these ideas, like in general, he's kind of saying like woke is a species under the genus of, of cultural Marxism. Right. So like under under cultural Marxism, you have um, Maoism, you have I don't know, like he he kind of goes through the whole thing. But he's arguing that in essence, wokeness is just another um, expression. It's like a virus that's mutated to introduce you know Marxism into the Western world, um, which is not an idea that's probably new to anybody here. But I just well, Marx that. would hate woke. Mm. He's not he's not into it. They, they inserted a bunch of things into Marxism in order to create this this new form where uh, where it's all about, um, you know, uh, race and everything else that that they, they've turned it into. Marx was kind of a racist and he also didn't want race to be a part of Marxism. 
which is interesting as well because you know it's, it's all about workers uniting and and if you have these divides then that's not a good thing but also you can you can look at all the uh the things that came from marxism as far as labor movements in the united states they're all they're all controlled by uh by the left they all got infiltrated and the funny thing is who's not working now and who is you saw the who got to be the pajama culture and uh and who was essential in fact it's kind of funny because the you know more of the people on the right were considered essential workers during that whole system yeah all right maybe i'll play on unless we have more thoughts you know again like if you're listening the beginning half of this video is worth watching but um there's just a lot here at the end and I should probably like let it play for a while, but we did get a comment from the drizzle in our, in our comment feed. He says that he thinks James Lindsay is most based. So we do have an endorsement from the WTF uh, community here. He certainly looks based to me. I've yeah. never seen him before. I, like I said, I've heard him interviewed once or twice. I don't know much else about him, but I'll play on. So critical Marxism criticizes the entirety of the existing society. Everything is somehow needing to be subjected to Marxist conflict analysis. But how is that to be done? They sought an answer through the middle part of the 20th century and World War II breaks out. The Frankfurt School comes to America, which in this metaphor is the Wuhan Institute of Virology, because gain of function be began to happen on the Marxist virus very quickly in America, and American universities adopted these professors from Germany. And Herbert Marcuse, writing in the 1960s, said extremely clearly, this writing in 1969, not only did he say capitalism delivers the goods, gives people a good life, makes them wealthy and comfortable and happy, he also said that the working class is no longer going to be the base of the revolution because of these things. In other words, we don't have to be responsible to the working class anymore which opens up the ability for Marxists who are seeking power to make friends with the corporations. Okay, this is what I found pretty fucking interesting. And um, somebody just alluded to it, where it's like uh, the, the quote-unquote essential workers during COVID oftentimes turned out to be right-leaning folks. Like the, the working class, the blue-collar people have switched sides in this in this issue and they but have, the labor unions haven't they're still they're still thoroughly controlled by the other side and and it's interesting because there's also a resistance from the right to have labor movements but i i, I had a big conversation about this is creating right-wing labor movements because you know we're the ones that actually drive trucks and you know and make things work uh, and now they're they're doing things where they're trying to use equity to put people in positions that they can't, you know, like the 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 guy that's running uh, the FAA right now. Uh, he hardly knows anything about airplanes, but he's black, and so they let him run the FAA. And uh, you know, the airline industry is going into the toilet at this moment. Pete Bootygay, he's you know he's running the transportation system, and uh, 
and we saw we all saw the thing that happened in Pennsylvania a couple months ago um, and how terribly he reacted to it. And I, I kind of like that he's running it because like a lot of the way stations have been closed lately, but it, it is getting run into the ground. They're using all these people to run all these things into the ground because they're trying to keep out people that are qualified so that they can put in people for equity purposes. So I think his his argument essentially is that like they they've lost the ability to appeal to a lot of genuinely working class folks. So instead, they're they're creating minorities in the form of sort of, you know, gender gender theory and this and that. Um, If you can't appeal to the actual, you know, workers or proletariat, you have to create a proletariat. This this is what I found kind of interesting about this whole clip. Um, I'm going to go back just like 15 seconds here because that's kind of what he's hitting on. Uh, right about here. Uh, Mike, it quickly. seems as though go ahead. In America, it seems as though they're making a proletariat of the incompetent mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is that should be the show title. <laughs> I can dig it. Proletariat of the incompetent. Yeah. Yes. All right, we'll see what he has to say here. And American universities adopted these professors from Germany. And Herbert Marcuse, writing in the 1960s, said extremely clearly, this writing in 1969, not only did he say capitalism delivers the goods, gives people a good life, makes them wealthy and comfortable and happy, he also said that the working class is no longer going to be the base of the revolution because of these things. In other words, we don't have to be responsible to the working class anymore, which opens up the ability for Marxists who are seeking power to make friends with the corporations. The bosses are no longer the enemy, they're an opportunity because the working class is irrelevant. He said the energy is somewhere else. He said it's in the racial minorities, the sexual minorities, the feminists, the outsiders. That's who he said have the energy for a Marxist revolution in the West, not the working class. And so Marxism was able to evolve to abandon the working class. And so what did they do? Well, all they had studied for 30 years was what they called the culture industry, an industry that commodifies and packages culture and sells it back to people. So supposedly stripped of what it actually is, empty, abstract now. And so what, of course, did they do? They seized the means of production of the culture industry because that's what they do. And so they started to transform the culture industry to sell racial, sexual, gender, sexuality-based agitprop as though that were genuine culture. And so we get concepts like cultural appropriation. We get concepts like cultural relevance, cultural this, cultural that, cultural everything. And it's all provided in pastiche. It's all provided uh, as 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 a mockery of what's really going on. And this evolved in America's highly racialized context. And we ended up with woke, a form of identity-based Marxism, a, a constellation of Marxist species that all work with the same operating premise, but locate themselves in different, and I'll use the German term here for this, folk. LGBTQ is a folk. And they get folkish identity there and become activists. 
the black community is a folk. How do I know? That's what W.E.B. Du Bois said it would be when he laid down the foundations that became critical race theory later. They think of themselves as nations. Don't they all have flags? Don't they put them on your buildings like colonizers? Don't they hang them in your streets? They think of themselves as occupying nations, but they see themselves as bound together, just like the various colonized nations around the world in seeking liberation from Western civilization. And so we end up with Western Marxism taking many forms, but with one overarching approach. And the approach that they use, I started off by saying is Maoist, not merely Marxist. Now you know the theory is Marx. It's just evolved into different species to attack the West at its weakest points through our tolerance, through our acceptance, through our openness, through our generosity, through our best traits, actually. The things that we should be proud of being, the things that we are proud of being. But Mao Zedong knew how to use identity politics. I don't know how you study in Europe, but in America, we have very redwashed education, as we might say. The communists have stripped out all education about communism entirely. You don't learn about it in America at all. So we don't learn anything about Mao. And maybe you don't know this, but I tell this to American audiences and they're shocked. Mao used identity politics. He created 10 identities in China, five he labeled red for communist, five he labeled black for fascist. And he categorized people into these identity categories. What they are doesn't really matter. Of course, they were communists. They were things like landlord and rich farmer and things like this. Right-winger is a bad category in and of itself, by the way. Conservative, all of them, bad. Bad influences, that's another one. You could be a bad influence for just thinking the wrong thing or saying the wrong thing at any time or because the government decides it doesn't like you. These are the bad categories. And if you have a bad category, very importantly, your children have a bad category by default. So they create a social pressure for your children to identify as revolutionaries, at which point they get a red identity, a communist identity, a good identity, and they get rewarded for it. And the youth read, led the revolution in China because Mao did this, identity politics through the children in the schools. This should feel very uncomfortable to you because here we have, at least in the United States, we tell our children being white is bad, being white is oppressive. You automatically hurt people of other races by your very existence. But by the way, if you become queer, we'll celebrate you. All right. I'm pausing there. Um, that's a lot. You know, he just, he just threw a lot out. Um, I find it, I find it compelling the argument of like weaponizing the tolerance and compassion of the youth, uh, for, for these ends, you know, and I actually did in college, I studied a, a little bit about the uh, cultural revolution in China. And there's too many parallels to what's going on now to ignore. You know, it's a little, a little subtler than what Mao did in China. You know, it's pretty much go along or you will die by firing squad in China back during Mao's time. But the, the tactics are more or less the same, just adapted for a different culture. Any thoughts? That's exactly it. It's just the uh, replay of the uh, Maoist takeover with new technology that Mao only wishes he had at the time. Interesting because of all the things that we have coming down the pike as far as, you know, CBDCs and, uh, and, and things like that. Um, we have all these things 
coming at us and uh the eventually uh what he's probably going to get to here is talking about the the youth turning on their parents turning them in um they they would turn them in to change their status um they some people killed their parents that's right uh that's that's how bad this thing this thing got and so if you know we have all these these extra control systems coming in you know basically technological communism uh technocratic communism is what they're trying to to supplant our system with at this point and it looks like they're actually being pretty successful um with all that coming in they're trying to turn the youth i guess the the other thing is you know they've they've been doing so many other things these kids are unhealthy they've got a low sperm count they've got uh they've got no drive and so there there's that coming as well and then also the only people that i see actually like um you know with some bright futures in the zoomer crowd seems to be from the right and they you know they're like uh yeah we we can't tolerate this bs and you know they're kind of resisting the boomers in their own way and I wanted to throw in two there, Ando, I agree 100%. That's exactly what I wanted to say was that not only do we have this cultural war happening and this division from the youth to the rest of um, society, basically, but you have the war on us all through, well, the demoralization campaign, but poisonous food, you know, they're spraying us all the time. There's, um, you know, kids are becoming feminized. There's soy and everything. So like Ando was saying, the health crisis. Now we also have, in my opinion, a new and rising health crisis with the amount of people that got the mRNA vaccine. So they are also creating a, a large amount of people through trans you know, the trans push and um, like vaccine injury and people who are autistic and things like that, that they're creating a lifelong pipeline to pharma. So it's, it's even more like with the division, with the health crisis, with the surveillance crisis. And then the other thing I was going to say is in today's day and time too, you don't have to kill someone with a firing squad necessarily, but what you can do is cancel them. What you can do is dox them and ruin their entire life. Take their, you know, try to get them fired, um, destroy their businesses. Like we see this kind of thing happening. Um, so it's, it's a less, you know, permanent version, but it's still devastating. I'm just reading a little bit about this guy. Um, he's basically, well, they call him a professional hoaxer. Um, a little, a few years back, he, um, wrote some hoax papers with some other people and actually got them published, which was kind of his whole thing. That's um, right. That, that was his it. point. He was trying to point out how, how fallible the, the science was, right? Yeah. Well, as he describes the vacuity of the world of theory, it just displayed because he got his papers um, published, uh, I guess, because I don't know what the papers were, but I'm guessing that they probably supported whatever the, the narrative was at the time. I almost, I almost want he to say awards it was, for gay it was, dogs. Uh -huh. Yeah, it was something was to do it. with the LGBT stuff, and it was like satirical almost yes. his writing, but they <laughs> took him seriously, and it just proved his point. Yeah, exactly. What do you, that's what. That's what. What do you know about it, Rob? He won Sorry. awards for a gay dog report. Uh, they did this research <laughs> on gay dogs. 
managed to that... swindle a bunch of uh, money out of the research, the academic research uh, community, and uh, won all these awards about how dogs should be all gay. <laughs> I studied a dog park in uh, in Portland and yeah. and and gave some percentage as to what dogs were gay based on who they pretty, hunt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and they, this yeah. serious newspaper or magazines, whatever the hell they were, they they were all serious, and they they took a lot of his reports. One of them he did was uh, it was some feminist magazine, and he changed the words and it was basically uh, uh an excerpt from Mein Kampf and he yes. changed the the words to uh mm. to be like you know instead of the Jews the men or something like that and uh and they published it and then yeah it's it's pretty funny all the stuff that he got away with one big problem i have with him is that he maintains atheism through all of this it's like okay oh you can see all of these problems but you can't see one of the main things that they one of the main ways out of this problem oh, and, very, and then very also true. maintains liberalism as well. Whenever liberal liberalism is the lubricant that got us to this point, if we weren't, you know, if we didn't have this liberal society, we wouldn't be in these shoes at the moment and is allergic to anything from the right. He's actually more terrified of the right than the left. He says often. Hmm. He's actually spent a lot of his time um, trying to point out the infiltration of the church, uh, particularly by things like the Open Society Foundation, which we all know is George Soros. Uh, despite be being an atheist, it's like, well, he's onto it. <laughs> right, Baptist and he church, doesn't um, particularly. He doesn't notice. He doesn't. He never will point out that there is a certain common thread between a lot of the the characters, especially in the Frankfurt School and all of these people. They all have this one common religion. Um, hmm, I wonder what it is, or at least common lineage. And yeah, it's it's that one that always seems to come up. So Rob pulled up this article. Um, it says, from dog rape to white men in chains, we fooled the biased academic left with fake studies. And we have Drizzle in the comments saying, Lindsay was exposing the peer review system, basically showing that you can write about anything as long as you use like academic language, if it yep. if it goes along with the prevailing narrative, it will become peer reviewed. That's yep. He's that's... he's uh, making an example. I think he's kind of one to watch actually, because I hate to be the cynic, but um, despite him seem seemingly being very based, etc., um, it is a little bit of a fracture of the structure, isn't it? I mean, great, the structure has to be broken, but we don't want them to fix it. So um, it's great what he's doing, like pointing all this stuff out, because it's pretty obvious that it's just a woke culture based on nothingness, but um, it is actually based on <laughs> something much more nefarious. So uh, good for him, but one to watch, I think. Well, he well, was poised to, to do this kind of thing from that side and then sort of switch sides, but not necessarily. He's still, like I said, he still maintains being a liberal, but he's he's sort of switched sides because he's, he can make a career out, out of this and he's going to continue to make a career out of this. Not saying that any of the stuff, a lot of this stuff is useful, but yeah, he, he was just yeah. a massage therapist and um, suddenly he's become this social commentator. So interesting. Well, maybe he, maybe he mirrors the, um, the blue collar union worker 
who has switched sides recently. Right. And, you know, atheist or not, you know, I, you know, whatever. Um, is he, is he truthful? Is he honest? I, you know, I, I'm starting, I think he seems relatively honest. Um, but we're going to put a pin in James Lindsay. I think we'll come back to that clip, but I wanted to play this one, which um, some of you may or may not have seen. This is, they're trying to spin the fact that Florida was a place that people ran to, right? During COVID, Florida was a place that people ran to. They're trying to spin that around and say that there is now an exodus from Florida because of the... Um, recent laws regarding trans youth we just thought it would be a nice warm place to live where we could get to be i just never thought that i would have to flee a state for the good of my children the sb 254 uh this will permanent outlaw the mutilation of minors I remember Tori coming to me one time and in tears, which she doesn't normally do. And I asked her what was wrong and she said DeSantis. And like the fact that a governor would be making my kid cry, that's a messed up government. We're absolutely moving because of the political climate and the laws in Florida. We didn't want to move. When the Florida Board of Medicine started meeting, and we realized that they were going to ban gender affirming care for our kids that we might need to leave because that is life-saving essential medicine and treatment for our daughter. I was very relieved when we decided to leave. I had never really heard that much about trans people and until I was like 11 or 12, I didn't even know trans people existed. So I was just used to being uncomfortable. I started hormone blockers pretty soon after that. All right. I'm going to pause there. Um, I tried to pause on this person. <laughs> okay. Um, because as I, as I watched this clip, I couldn't help but see a similarity with this person. Um, they refer to her as a her. I'm going to say person because this is a biological male with a male voice, looks about 17 or 18 years old, almost, maybe 16. And they're arguing that this family is leaving the state because she, quote unquote, can no longer um, easily access care. And when I see this, this person, it reminds me of people I went to high school with. And people that I actually halfway hung around with half the time, they were called emo. They were called goth. They were called punks. I mean, they, they, they chose different titles. They chose different cliques. But there was a certain aesthetic and a certain um, attitude that this person reminds me of. And it was that. It was the outcast. It was the, the emo kid. I mean, anybody else experience that like yeah. i don't know yeah well this, this person age. struck me as being autistic like immediately and maybe it was just the the frame of the shot or something like that but just their 
their eye contact or lack thereof. I I know that's kind of difficult to say because they're being filmed, but right away, that is what occurred to me. And then of course the other thought was like, oh, you're uncomfortable in high school. Welcome to fucking life. Like everybody's in <laughs> uncomfortable in high school. It's yeah, high how school. About it? How about it? Jesus. Exactly. Love. Exactly. You know love. what? Yeah. They're playing into this bullshit little punk ass manipulator. Okay. And they're doing it willingly. I mean, if this punk ass manipulator here, that's what I call them now. I don't care. Trans, whatever. You're a fucking manipulator. Pan. Fuck you. Okay. And stop being an asshole to your parents. That's number one. Well, right? I mean, his, being parents, an his parents put him on, uh, on Lupron and, and some other kind of, of poison that's like, no, no. that's completely screwed his body up. Didn't uh, they just say because that they, he, he had an act of imagination? Anyway? Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, uh, I want to pretend I'm sorry, like I'm... you're a kid. You're yeah. a kid. You don't get hormone blockers. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, this thanks is, this to is for getting rid of those people. Blockers. <laughs> this to me is the wild part of it. Like it used to be it's where the outcasts. Over permissiveness. The, the outcasts used to be like, fuck you, mom and dad. Like I'm going right. to be who I'm going to be. Now mom and dad are like, oh, whatever, whatever you want to be, we're going to support it. This is the shift. This is yeah. the difference. In my opinion, like my parents, I, I went through like an emo punk phase and it's not like they they didn't discourage it, but they didn't encourage it either. They're like, oh, it's a phase. He'll you know, he was I was angsty. I was pissed off. You know, in some ways I still am. But who's <laughs> to say? Anyways, you know, my point is they are they are in full support. They're like, oh, you're you're uncomfortable. You're unhappy. What what fantasy can we fulfill for you? There you go. It's not being pissed off or angsty or any of that. It's this hyper permissiveness. And now the crazy ass parents are feeding into it and think they're helping them. You're not helping them, dumbass. You're fucking them up. You're stupid as fuck. Stop that shit. Tell them, you know, pay more attention to your fucking grades and getting along with other people in the world and leave your fucking dick alone. All right. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else sort of had the same impression, but it certainly looks, and this is not the first time I've observed this in, in these kind of situations. No, it just looks like the father's just, I don't know. I'm just doing what she says. Like, I'm just going I'm along white. with it. I'm white. Yeah. I can't say shit. Fuck. Yeah. I, I will. I will. Why? It's the, Keep it's the, the wife all, happy. it's yeah. the, I will love don't you. Kill me. <laughs> I will love you no matter what it like. Not that oh. you shouldn't love your kids no matter what, but it's the, it's the taking you know, taking advantage of that. A drizzle in the comments he says it's an inversion of the family hierarchy yes. and i tend to agree yeah. yep, i tend to agree same. yeah it, it's like dean gotru says the person who says no is the one who's in charge mm. or the person who says no is the one that is taken out of charge if they're normally in charge you see it's, it's like this bizarre sure. circle jerk of psychosis mm. that we've got going on right now yeah 100% so and like one I, one illustration i, I have Oh, sorry, Walt. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's fine. Go I just ahead. wanted to say really quickly that I also, um, and I've said this before, but this is, in my opinion, a modern day form of child sacrifice because it fulfills yes. needs for sick, unhealthy parents as well. Like these people are not well and the child is obviously not well, but the parent, especially this domineering, devouring mother really gets something from this. And I have said, you know, like Munchausen by proxy in a way, but also it's, um, it's just very, 
it's just such a sick relationship because then as soon as you're the mother of a trans child, then, oh, don't mess with mama bear. I'll do anything for my kids. So you get this very pushy, domineering vibe from them, but also they get to be the victim. Like, well, as the mother of a trans child. So it's really, it's just so sick as what we're saying. Like it's a perverse, perverse, it's a perverse way of getting social capital, social yes, clout. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, and like, and like um, Ashley pointed out, um, you know, some of these kids do look autistic or something. And what, what my fear is that um, these kids do have conditions, etc. but they're finding this comfortable place where they can be accepted. Um, but that's probably not really their problem. They're probably not really trans. So maybe there's something else going on, but they're not getting treated for that. They're just finding this little comfortable pair of shoes, high heels to wear. So um, they're not really getting the attention that they need in other areas. I'm well, sure that's appar- probably the case in some of them. Apparently you know. they're getting, they're getting praise. Yeah. I mean, whose idea was it to go on CNN in this family? That's what I How about that. Know. Yeah. How about aliens? They want everyone to be Mr. Smoothie. I can't reproduce without the government. Oh, <laughs> someone give me money and stuff so the government can make a kid for me to abuse. Uh, they're little aliens. This is what they're turning the kids into. Yes. Yeah. Non-gendered, yeah. psychotic aliens. Look, he's even missing his brain. It came out. See? <laughs> that's so a really good many point. hormones that just popped out. Boo. Gone. Oh, that's that's a really good point, Rob. But you you just clicked in something with me. Um, it's like you know what how I talk about they're talking about the metaverse as being something in the future and out there, some other thing. And but we're actually in it. And it's like this whole alien invasion thing. The aliens are coming from within. We're creating them. You know, like could that be? I don't know. That was just a thought. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, are they life? are they showing us that they're somewhere out there and something different? But they are actually within our society, our generation, because we've created them. They well, said that effectively this last week, right? They said that the aliens have been among us and blah, 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 blah. And then they keep pushing this transgendered thing yeah. and aliens effectively, what are they, what's their problem? They can't reproduce, right? So they've yeah. got to go and abduct people. That's the lore. And I'm just seeing this like distraction with the alien agenda and matching up with the trans agenda, matching up mm. with the communist agenda, matching up with the cashless agenda. Uh, matching up with the no individual rights agenda, uh, the hive mind agenda. It just Pharma. goes from one thing to the next. Yeah, who's really being abducted here? Yeah, I, I think, think it's society. I think, I think we should right. call it homogenization. Homogenization. And I want to give Walt a chance because I feel like he had an idea. If he if he hadn't finished his thought, Walt, I, do you still I was mostly just going to say I was really enjoying watching that guy try to hook up a trailer. Early on, <laughs> yes, I thought it was interesting that they included that. Looks pretty ineffective to me. I don't get a, I don't get a strong masculine vibe from the father in this no. story personally. Um, some, no, he's limp. Some guys can pull off certain types of necklaces. He can't pull off that one. <laughs> All right. Anything else before I play this on? Yes. Uh, to to kind of build on what uh, Rob was saying, that they they are also lifelong pharma customers now going forward so and as he was saying like there and Stella and I say this all the time it's multifaceted there's so much to this it's demoralizing right look at us we're sitting here talking like what the fuck Hmm. 
is going on. So you've got that. You've got the child sacrifice element, the social clout for the parents element, the lifelong pharmaceutical client element. You have the um, like the the degradation of society, the inversion of the family, all of that stuff. And you have people that are are becoming eunuchs. Like they, as we said, you know these these people are getting these really permanent and damaging medications and surgeries at a super young age. And we know that they're not going to be able to have children. And let's not forget, they're just slapping God in the face. Yes. They're completely inverting how God created man. So I used, which is is the ultimate goal, really. I used the word homogenization very intentionally because this is what I'm seeing as like the greater pattern. And the couple of clips I have coming up after maybe we get through these, um, it has to do with the fact that, you know, we covered China a couple, maybe a month ago or two months ago. And I see China as one of these cultures that is striving towards homogeny, towards sameness, one oneness, if you will. And, um, I, I, I think Japan, to its credit, kind of is doing the opposite, right? Like, it's easy for us to maybe mix things up and, and, and you know, we've talked about, like, immigration stuff on this show before. You know, I want to say I think there's a dramatic difference between sort of integration and homogenization, right? Like, you can have distinct and diverse cultures within a nation um when you start forcing homogeny is when you have problems in my opinion and i feel like this transgender thing is sort of um one of these issues of like ambiguity doesn't serve anybody like homogeny when we all become this ambiguous asexual you know creature sterile because we don't want to be different, right? You know, to say that a woman has the power to to give birth and to give life and a man has his power in a different way would be to imply that, you know, it's it it's the perversion of equality into equity, right? Instead of equal rights, we want to, you know, force everybody to be the same. Um, I know I'm kind of on a rant here, but like, that's to me the greater like pattern at play. Some, some cultures are trying to fully homogenize. And I think we're heading that direction in the States or in the West. I don't know. Is that, is that off the wall or? Absolutely. I mean, I think that's what (laughs) the, uh, plan also spoke of, right? They wanted this homogenized and for lack of a better term i'll use his term mud people right with Mm. no cultural identity no race identity uh no social value right they're literally meat robots we don't care one is uh, none of them stand out none of them are smarter than any of the others none of them have any skill set that's better than any of the others we can interchange them like legos if we don't like one, we kill it off, right? And we do this through subsequent generations until we've destroyed the uh, want for individuality and uh, the want for 
be for excelling in anything, right? For being exceptional. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's right. sort of like um, the opposite of the parasitic elite. Um, they're always trying to be thoroughbreds, and they're doing mm. the absolute opposite mm -hmm. to yes. man people. Yeah, I always say that it's uh, it's eugenics for them and dysgenics for us. Yeah, and that, exactly. that's that's the the goal there is that they're trying to uh, they're trying to create uh, Morlocks and uh, what's the other word in uh, in Eloy machine. Eloy, yeah, they're they're basically trying to set that up. They they even uh, I don't know if y'all heard the uh, the speech, but someone was saying that that they wanted uh, a class of people that are squat hobgoblins. Have y'all heard that one before? Yes. Um. Yeah. Uh, Alex Jones uses that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's where he got it from. <laughs> that's from 1973, actually. I want to say that's. Uh, either a club of Rome or CFR meeting or something like that. Same yeah. Same. They all one hand washes the other on all of this stuff. And it's like, Absolutely. you, you can see all that stuff that brewed in the seventies. You can see all of the stuff, uh, HG Wells's, uh, books. I mean, he pretty much laid it all out. Um, that's why I brought up the time machine, um, because he, he's in on it. He's part of it, you know? And, uh, a lot of these science fiction people are, uh, we're we're in on this stuff and coming up with with scenarios in the future and it looks like they're trying to make them all come true at this point yeah this is all part of the depop agenda so Depopulation. i i i played this clip me and walt did a episode um this past week and i think this applies i you know i don't mean to you know duplicate material here but what we're talking about is really interesting. It's the idea of like the elite trying to be thoroughbred and Im immortal, right? They want, they strive for immortality, right? Meanwhile, the, you know, proletariat, if you will, strive for homogeny, oneness, you know, uniformity. And um, I don't know if anybody here is a fan of the show Community. I'm a big fan, but this this premise they they've got this idea where it's it's like a new application where you get to rate with a T R A T E. I always have to articulate. They rate each other as far as the people in their community um, on a scale of zero, or I guess from one to five. Meow meow beans is what they're called. They're a little like you know. Um, kitty emojis and something about this whole premise just seems way too um poignant to me but it applies to what we're talking about these dynamics this um this push and pull so i'm just gonna play this it's it's like two minutes i think it's fucking hilarious but it applies so here you go and do i hear correctly that as a five you felt you could park in handicapped spots well, see, that's just part of the Kugler style. It's human crap style. Rape him! Okay, but that's low. So they're reducing all the fives all to ones, must right? Must be cleansed of their five filth and reduced to oneness. Yeah. Jeff, hey, Shirley, I'm not a five anymore. I'm a one like everyone else. I'm like everyone else. Who's next? So, so what's interesting about that yeah. moment right there, 
So this character in the show, Abed, he's basically autistic. Like it's known, you know, everybody knows he's kind of off. Right. And he wants nothing more than to fit in. So when this structure appears where everybody gets rated from one to five, he's more than happy to go along with it because finally he can fit in. You know, it's not about being social or being cordial or being normal, quote unquote. It's about, are you a two, a three, a four? Are you a one? Are you a five? You know, it's like, and and I see somebody brought up how that, that person in the Florida clip um, appears slightly autistic. There's definitely a correlation between autism and trans. There yeah. is, there is. What really struck me about that little clip there was the line that she said, uh, you'll be reduced to oneness. Mm-hmm. That sent a bit yep. of a chill down my spine. Yes. Homogeny. I'm going to play it out. Oh, great mother of ones, mustard face savior. There is still a five hiding among us that has not been cleansed. Nonsense. All fives were reduced to oneness in the great purge of about two minutes ago. This five cheats. It never registered, yet was given a five from outside the system. Behold, the Meow Meow Beans app. Its beta test ended days ago. It's now available in the app store. 99 cents. Five stars. This five lied to us, used us, judged us, yet exempts itself from judgment. And I'm pretty sure it's selling our information to spammers because I am getting a lot more email. And trust me, my penis needs no enlargement. So how do you cleanse a five that's unregistered? Delete it. Ouch. By the way, guys, it's a Saturday. Um, you're all in school for nothing. Go. That's enough. Um, so basically, I think you see the point. Like, the system itself is what's fucked, right? It's not the ones against the fives. It's the fact that there's a rating system to begin with. Um, that's kind of the premise here. But I just thought it was kind of uh, poignant. You know, like, I don't know. Um, if anyone else has got something to say, please say it, because I just wanted to point something else out. Go ahead. Uh, it's a little bit of predictive programming from Australia. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, 2017, we had a biohacker called Meow Ludo Disco Gamma Meow Meow. That was his name. <laughs> he, he was an Australian molecular biologist and the founder of uh, Citizen Scientist Lab Biofoundry. And he took matters into his own hands of, um, I don't know if you guys have the same thing, we've got a thing here called the Opal Card, which is instead of paying a fare to get on a train, blah, blah, in the old days, you just swipe your Opal Card, okay? Um, uh, I believe London's got the Oyster Card. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, he actually implanted one of these Opal Card chips into his hand. Uh, he had it implanted in 2017, just saying, oh, it's much more convenient because now I don't have to remember my Opal card, etc. I just, I just thought it was interesting that his name was Meow. He became known as Meow Meow. And then he kind of disappeared. 
There's <laughs> something about kitty cats and uh, yeah, it's whatnot. Not kitty. Well, so this is partly why I wanted to get into Japan is like this weird, like, um, I don't know, furries and cosplay and like meow, 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 little, you know, hello kitty and shit and all this weird weirdness. Um, there's things I, I, I admire about Japanese culture and there's things I really find disturbing. Um, again, I, I think it's better than China because I think they're at least, you know, it's like people describe um, America as a melting pot, right? And I don't know where I heard it, but somebody said like, you know, we're not really a melting pot. We're more like a, like a chef salad, right? Like distinct, different ingredients blended together, but not, not like a soup, you know, not blended that much, right? We still have our boundaries. You know, you might be a piece of lettuce. I might be an onion. You might be a hard boiled egg, blah, blah, blah. Right. We're not a melting pot. We're a, we're a chef salad. And I think Japan is kind of going more that route instead of homogenizing their um, integrating. Right. This is kind of, again, this is the pattern that I'm seeing. Well, Japan has a, a really bad replacement issue. Um, there's, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, the, the main thing about Japan that I automatically think of, and since we were just on the topic of the trans stuff, is anime. And I think that anime slash hentai, which is the porn version of anime, and it usually involves bestiality of some sort, it's pretty disgusting. Uh, but all of these these trunies really like to use the anime profile picture. Uh, they they hide behind some anime character, and then like the strangest people that you'll run into on Twitter are all addicted to anime. So I think that that anime might be some sort of weapon against us. Oh, and I I was looking at a thing about the most googled. Uh, it's the most searched porn terms and tentacle porn was really high in Japan. It was like the number one in Japan, but guess where else? Chernobyl. Kind of weird. Cause what, what, mm. what is their common bond? Oh Radiation. Radiation. Yeah. Yep. yeah that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. I think it screws up their hormones. Maybe I, I would buy that. Well, and, sure. and, and both Japan and Korea have this weird, like, um, phenomenon where all the boy bands all the like pop stars are super feminized yeah, yep. yeah. some Very... of them are actually chicks there's girls there's there's a lot of trans a lot of swapping a lot of uh female singers pretending to be male and vice versa mm -hmm. so that's a thing there a big so we've thing. we've kind of teased it um i think we're halfway getting ahead of ourselves i want to finish this florida family clip and then I want to finish the James Lindsay clip, and then I want to go to Japan, if that sounds all right. We've only got another minute and a half on this um, on this Florida Florida situation. Pretty soon after that. Yeah, I mean, there was times before she started getting hormones and stuff that she was suicidal. But after she transitioned, she was much more outgoing, much more like comfortable with herself. Careful. We are seeing many families that are leaving. I really think if you were to ask a member of a trans family, they would take bed at night 
dreaming of how to get out of the state. So that, yeah, that's the dining room right here. And then this is the living room. My hope for the McKee family is they are able to find a community that embraces them. We're lucky that we're able to get out. We're able to afford to leave. A lot of people can't, or it's going to be very difficult. I uh, feel really bad for the people that have to stay here. It's been difficult to access my hormones. I'm not honestly sure how I would continue to access care. Even if I wasn't trans, I wouldn't be comfortable here. It's just not a safe environment for queer people in general. I do fear for my daughter's safety and just the fact that somebody might want to hurt her just for her being her, for her existence is scary. I worry about her every time she goes out. Almost the wide open view. Yeah. Sunsets are great from here. No. I'm looking forward to just being in a place where I don't feel under attack, where I don't feel oppressed. It's just so sad that our country and our society are in this place of denigrating people like that. And These people are so, they're so denigrated and <laughs> oppressed with their private swimming pool and their live, laugh, love signs and whatnot. <laughs> that right there is a trigger for me. Live, laugh, love. No, take that shit down right now. No, we need What's to this? argue and throw shit. And be un be very unhappy and very unhappy. <laughs> God yeah, damn it. Very unlovey. How about There's how about yell scream fight instead of live yes. laugh love? I need to make that one. I need to make that shirt. Now, hey, one thing I wanted to say real quick is I, I can't hold I can't hold it back anymore. The the salad, our country is a salad. Does that mean that people are pushing diversity, are tossing it? I need to know. <laughs> How about yeah. the opposite? Live, laugh, love, die, sneer, hate. Yes. <laughs> that, that's a shirt. Who's uh, tossing my salad? I want to know. Well, Rob, Rob, <laughs> thanks, it's, to, it's thanks to you. Thanks to you. We all know the, the health dangers of a tossed salad. We don't yes. want to pass butt And worms. the parasites. Yeah. And they're, uh, they're drowning them. it in cross-dressing. In, in, in oh yes, yes. <laughs> Gosh, Leave it alone. Maybe eat some from wow. Yes. Stella's oh. full of the puns. I love it. Oh, she's I full of it. it. Oh, oh definitely. I'm they dead. do this in the Discord all the time. They will have a huge stream of like stuff like that. Meanwhile, I'm sitting puns, here yeah. and I'm like, I, I want to participate, but I have no <laughs> idea what to say. Hey, some good. people just aren't very punny. It's okay. Blessing the it. salad with cross dressing. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I want it all over my face. Uh, oh. Cross dressing bukake. We need it. <laughs> speaking of Japanese people and the messed up shit they do. There's a right. song. And speaking of, uh, the Japanese had internment camps, and these people need internment camps. And then, you know, and that, that's no, no. our solution. So. We need it's your, it's your turn, mint camps. That's what we need. Make you sound ah, better. That, yeah, <laughs> it's your turn. It's your turn, sister. <laughs> Step up. Yes. You go, girl. Two snaps up. <laughs> oh, so good. Okay, I got love it out it. now. Fucking I love think. it. I'm glad. I'm glad you Sweating. relieved yourself there, Rob. I'm sweating. You know? I can't handle it. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. Oh. But okay. you know, all of this, all of this, uh, in mind, right? 
this is what like this dude james Lindsay's talking about um this this like what do you call it neo maoism um where there's it's new it's new techniques to employ an old strategy that's what i think he's getting at yes I, there there was also a little um little verbiage from him where he had wrote something about how they had inverted the pro proletariat and the bourgeoisie mm. because the way that the revolutionaries see it now is that the bourgeoisie are just shithead pushovers with no hormones right and your, that your parents it, are the bourgeoisie and your yes. your your uh therapist and your hormone doctor are the proletariat yes that's it yeah. and they're incompetent so cool easy to push them over too all right any thoughts before i play out the last uh handful of minutes of this james Lindsay kit skit or uh clip i should say i guess not here we go and you can create a radical army of people who identify as gender minorities and sexual minorities at seven years old you can lead them into paths of puberty blockers and transition Medical transition, which, of course, Big Pharma profits off of. At seven years old, behind their parents' back. There's a reason for this. It's the same program that Mao Zedong used to radicalize the youth in China. The only thing different is the identity categories have, have shifted. It's Maoist cultural revolution with American characteristics, and it's being exported to Europe. And just like how critical race theory has come to Europe, even though it doesn't make sense, it will come to Europe, whether it makes sense or not. And you will have a cultural revolution here, too. You guys even had a kind of offshoot one in 2020. George Floyd dies in Minnesota, which has nothing to do with you. And you guys have statues coming down in Europe. Total nonsense. It doesn't matter, though. The point is to destroy Western civilization from within using Maoist techniques. One last point about Mao to kind of drive that point home. Mao said in 1942 that his formula to transform China was called unity, criticism, unity. First, you try to create the desire for unity. Then you criticize people for not living up to that. Then you bring them into unity under a new standard. Does that feel like what you're being put through? But the words are different. We use words like inclusion and belonging. We'll have a place where everybody feels like they belong. We just want to have an inclusive space. But unfortunately, you have racist ideas and you have to criticize for you. We have to criticize you for those. You need to criticize yourself for those. You need to go study Shueishi in Mandarin, exactly like Mao said. And then we can bring you into unity under a new standard, which Mao called socialist discipline, which we in the West would not buy. We call it in the West inclusion. And so we have this new program and within inclusion, we have, or above inclusion, actually, we have sustainability. We have a sustainable and inclusive future. I see the Agenda 2030 here with an X over it. The sustainable and inclusive future is the new socialist standard, that we will have freedom under socialist discipline. And Mao said the way that that will work is through what he called democratic centralism. We call that stakeholder capitalism. And my shot at the World Economic Forum is taken because it's one of the things coordinating this. My shot at the United Nations is taken because it's one of the things that's coordinating this. So woke is Marxism. It's advancing through Maoist cultural revolution. It's using Americanized identity categories. And while some of those will not work in Europe, I guarantee you the colonial aspect will. 
They will find your weakness. They will adapt the theory to fit because it's like a virus that will evolve to its host. And Europe is at great risk. Now, the last thing I'll mention is this risk is twofold. When you endure Marxist provocation, Marxist strategy is always of the same type. It's called middle-level violence. They don't come at you with full-blown Bolshevik assault very often. It's middle-level violence. They provoke, which means if you give in and you do like Jean-Paul Sartre said in his foreword to The Wretched of the Earth by Franz Fanon, the, the post-colonial book, he said, the violence is coming. So Europe's best bet is to give it away so that they don't kill you. They'll murder you and take it, or maybe you can give it away, give your culture away, give your countries away, and they'll let you live. They're coming for you. And this is what Europe needs to learn. That's what he says in the foreword of Wretched of the Earth. You can read it for yourself, probably in the original French that I can't read. And I think that's the path Europe has followed. So you can give away, that's one side, because they provoke at the middle. Or you can react and overreact, which sadly Europe has had a, a rough history in the last century with overreactions. And if, they, if you overreact, what will they do? They will weaponize your overreaction for a century, forever, and gain moral authority so that you end up having to give it away later anyway. So you have to stand firm in your principles, but you have to do so cleverly. You have to do so understanding that you're being provoked, which means you don't react as the, prov the provocateur wants you to react. You have to outsmart them, which is not possible unless you know the diagnosis of your problem. It's a Polish proverb, never attempt to cure what you don't understand. Woke is Marxism, evolved to attack the West. If you don't understand that, you will not act correctly. You will not cure it, and it will conquer your countries. It will conquer all of Europe, and we will have a very, very long, sustainable and inclusive future with absolutely no freedom. Because the goal is to make us into what they call global citizens. Have you heard this term? This term is nonsense. There's no global sovereign, so there is no global citizenship. There's no relationship because there's no ruler, and we don't want a ruler of the globe. It's a nonsense term. But they tell you, if you actually read their literature, what is a global citizen? It's somebody, I kid you not, I make no joke, they say this themselves, it's somebody who supports the 17 sustainable development goals of the United Nations Agenda 2030. That's a global citizen. And they say, what are the rights of a global citizen? This is in a book about global citizenship education published two years ago. What are the rights of a global citizen? And the answer, one paragraph later is, we're not that interested in rights with global citizenship. It's more about global responsibilities. In other words, slavery. This is a pivotal moment in the history of the Western world. The model that they are pushing us toward, using the means and mechanisms of that place, is the model we see in China. If you want to know what your future looks like if we don't stop the woke, look at China. Look at the social credit system. Look at the oppression. Look at people disappearing for having the wrong opinions. One of their greatest billionaires, Jack Ma, said the wrong thing about the government and disappeared. A billionaire. If you want to know what the future of Europe and America and the Five Eyes or whatever the countries, it's China. That's the model. So we have to fight back against woke, but to fight back against woke, we have to understand it. And I will close by restating my thesis. Woke is Marxism evolved to take on the West. 
And it's been very successful so far because we haven't known our enemy. We cannot name our enemy. And I've come here to name our enemy. So thank you for your time and attention and letting me do that. <laughs> Which is based oh, on Chinese philosophy. <laughs> so uh, whenever he was talking about the re-education thing, uh, um, whenever you start saying things online, uh, they always come back at you. You need to educate yourself. And I, I thought that was kind of funny. Re-educate yourself. That's what it really sh they're really saying, right? Could I just take a moment? Sorry, Rob, were you finished? Yeah, of course. Go ahead. Look at your beautiful blue eyes. My good. <laughs> they really look amazing. Hey, that whoa. whoa. <laughs> um, I just wanted to read out these. Um, if, you, if you Google like 10-point plans, you'll find lots and lots of 10-point plans, okay, including the United Nations. But uh, more so, which I believe the United Nations is based on, is Ali, Al Alice Bailey's 10-point plan, who was a channeler. We mentioned her last time. Um, I'm just going to read out this 10-point plan and just see if it sounds a little bit familiar. Alice Bailey's 10-point strategy of New World Order. Number one, take God and prayer out of the education system. Number two, reduce parental authority over children. Number three, destroy the traditional Christian family structure. Number four, if sex is free, make abortion legal and easy. Number five, make divorce easy and legal. Free people from the concept of marriage for life. Number six, make homosexuality an alternative lifestyle. Number seven, debase art, make it run mad. Number eight, use media to promote and change mindset. Number nine, create an interfaith movement. Number ten, get governments to make all these law and get the church to endorse these changes. Scary, isn't it? I feel like AI ticks off like three or five of those. It's a Luciferian agenda. And let's be honest, the preference is that you be homosexual or one of these other uh, gen anomalous sexual uh, lifestyles, right? Not to be straight. Yeah. They definitely don't want that. No. Number six, funnily enough. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So it's based on, I mean, this whole thing is a spiritual warfare. There's no doubt about that. A million percent. A lot of people think that this is uh, also mimicking some of the uh, those ten traits. Uh, mimic one of the inversions of society that is pushed by Moloch and Baal worship, if I recall. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. So, very funny how they keep going back to that, and that's in the Kabbalah also. Unfortunately, oh, did I say that? I'm sorry. You never oh stray very far from it, unfortunately. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, doesn't cabal mean ball? It means for the followers of ball. Yeah, Kabbalah. Mm. Yeah. So people miss that. I guess people don't want to look up foreign languages like I do. I have always had a fascination with that because there are so many things hidden in the etymology of words and languages, and especially the ones that we tend to inherit and become commonplace in our vernacular. And we should look up these uh, 17 uh, sustainable de development goals. Uh, you want me to get those for y'all? That would be that would be good. I was gonna replay just a short snip of of James Lindsay here um, that I found kind of pertinent. He's talking about naming the enemy, and I I think this is important. You know, it's actually something that 
that Tom. He won't do it. He just says Bolsheviks, but yeah. Yeah. Well, so let me play it and I'll share my thoughts and I'll, I'll welcome anybody else to share theirs. Um, but this is, this is to me the, the summary. And I think that's the path Europe has followed. Wait, is it up? It's not up. My bad. Uh, here we go. Wrong one. So you can give away. That's one side because they provoke at the middle. Or you can react and overreact, which sadly Europe has had a, a rough history in the last century with overreactions. And if, they, if you overreact, what will they do? They will weaponize your overreaction for a century, forever, and gain moral authority so that you end up having to give it away later anyway. So you have to stand firm in your principles, but you have to do so cleverly. You have to do so understanding that you're being provoked, which means you don't react as the prov the provocateur wants you to react. You have to. All right. So this was what I found pretty good. Um, now, my feeling on this is that and it's something I, you know, I, I've wanted to like kind of address and I've hinted at it and shit, but like. This is first and foremost, this is a 100% free speech platform. Say whatever you want to say. What I don't want to see us do, though, is to fall into a trap, right? And I'm specifically re referring to the trap of being labeled as anti-Semitic, right? And I don't want to say, like, don't say what you think. What I want to say is, like, say it as as... How do I, you know what I mean? Like we could be accused with some of the jokes we make and some of the things we've said, we could be accused. You, you can just put it all on me. Well, no, it's fine. It's, it's not all it's on okay. you. Okay. No, I mean, I'll take it. It's, it's not all I'm on saying. you. Um, but you know, again, like naming the enemy, that's the, that's the scary, that's the scary part, man. It's the scary part. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I am saying we need to be, we need to tread lightly, man. Cause People are getting debanked and shit. That's the crazy part. And I know nobody here like wants to be debanked, but this is part of the agenda to homogenize is to say you literally cannot exist without a bank. So debanking is is part of the 15 minute city and CBDC strategy anyways. So if it happens now, at least, you know, there still is some kind of way out Uh it's probably better that it happens now than before or than after they go ahead and implement CBDC because they're going to debank you if you go out of your 15 minute geofencing area. I mean, it's, it's, it's coming. It's there. They're doing it. People are getting in their eyes, getting their eyes scanned for a stupid coin. I mean, um, I think we just need to expect it at this point and you don't necessarily have to do anything to get debanked. Okay. I mean, I got my clearance taken uh, just because I whistle blew on somebody. You know what I mean? That, that these things to, to sit there and go, well, we got to try not to be debanked. Well, you know I, what? You I don't want to be that guy. I guess I'm just being that guy right now. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're, you're just prolonging the inevitable at some point or another. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, and, yeah. that's it's unfortunate. Kind of what James is saying here. He's like, stand by and and let them, you know, rape and mutilate your family, uh, and yeah. don't do anything about it because you'll just be you'll just be one of these reactionary groups of history if you try to do something about it. That's, it's too that's, late. 
Yeah. It's too late. You're already a reactionary. You're already on the list. I mean, what are you going to do? You know? And look, so let's be honest. So there are different levels of that religion. There's Talmudic, there's Karaites, there's blah, blah, blah. Karaites basically hate mainstream Talmudic Judaism. Okay. And they're Jews. They feel like their legacy was stolen by the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the ones who came up with this idea for the Talmud. All right. And really, theoretically, I mean, I'm going to go there. Talmudic Jews, there's a lot of people, not just myself, but there's a lot of religious scholars who think they're not really Jews. So there you go. Yep, I have read that myself. And I think the irony here of um, them pointing out to know your enemy, just the irony is that that is a, a Sun Tzu quote. <laughs> it's Chinese. That's right. Yeah. We're getting advice from them about how to fight them. <laughs> well, it's funny. I mean, it. The whole East-West divide to me is fascinating in that there are kind of two distinct cultures that have only really intermingled recently in the long scheme of things. Um, but me and Walt on our episode this past week, we covered uh, this this Bible verse that basically was it was it was um, help me out here, Walt. I don't remember, uh, John. John. Um... <clears throat> I forgot about it, this. It, it was supposedly a a verse that gets used. Um, you know, somebody was making the argument that it's like a an argument for anti-Semitism, and it's where um, Jesus is calling out what the the Pharisees, not yeah, not the said, Jews, he, but the uh, Pharisees, no, he says right? he says you're your father of the devil, and well, he says if you were a son of Abraham, you would not be seeking to kill me, right? That's right. Yeah, Johnny. What, what, Johnny. what was just brought up about like, I don't know, not all Jews are really Jews. Like, not all Christians are really Christians for that matter, you know? But, yeah. I don't know. I just felt the need to like address it, I guess, even though whatever. I'm not, again, I'm not trying to stamp on anybody's speech at all. Like, I'm just trying to be a straight shooter and not not let people fucking paint us in the wrong picture, but it's not like anybody is listening. <laughs> well, Anyways. let's be fair. Uh, there's a lot of rabbis who have been speaking out against people who are stupid enough, as they say, to take the um, the skeet skeet, right? <laughs> Jabba Jabba dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had that last week, I think. Yeah. On the show. There, yeah, that was one of the episodes. Mm. And that person is not alone. The problem is the greater weight of the rabbinical community as a whole will definitely fall down on his head. And that's one way that, you know, especially Orthodox Jews are able to pick a different path when it concerns this. Right. And, uh, you know, they, they can just walk per se, they can walk away as can, as, as can the Karaites, Right. So something to think about. All right. It's not monolithic. We do have kind of a breakaway judaism for lack of a better term that uh they not only think that they're you know god's chosen ones they want to show you that they are and kill you over it so that's cool you know? they also are uh there what's this about them being in some sort of civil war what is this oh yeah have y'all we, we didn't ever got into that did we yeah um yeah so it turns out it seems like the uh some of the other sects are actually fighting back against the you know, the, the Pharisees as they were traditionally. Right. 
and are and have problems with the way that they're running Israel and the uh, choices they've made in leadership, et cetera, et cetera, uh, including um, oh, uh, Netanyahu, right? And there's a lot of people who think that uh, what was it? Uh, a, oh, is it? Uh, oh, not Ehud Barak. Um, uh, it's Rabin was a lot of people think that, uh, Mr. Netanyahu was implicated in his murder back in the nineties. So how about that? And a lot of people are starting to find things online and going, well, it kind of lines up, you know, maybe this guy should not be in public service and, or should be in jail because interestingly enough, uh, Netanyahu has had a string of, uh, corruption. I mean, they're very much like the Bidens of Israel at this point. The whole family's like that. Now, I have to be careful about talking about this because I know some of their relatives. So if I come up missing, you know what happened, right? Anyway. <laughs> Tangled web that's weaved, you know, it, it's like the entirety of the house can can vote on this uh, this anti-Semitic speech or whatever thing. A couple of weeks ago, they, everybody except for the squad, who is is communist, so they're you know they're already controlled by them. So it's you know they're they're already doing what they need to do, but they're the only ones that that stand against this thing. Every single person in the house, all the great people, all the all you know Massey Green, everybody that we like, uh, just you know went along with it, and you know and and it was just a it was just a, uh, it, it didn't really have any weight. It was just some stu stupid thing that they did for feelies. But, you know, they, you know who runs them. You know, you know who Congress is run by. And it's no surprise that, you know, that Netanyahu's family is kind of like the Biden's family uh, because, you know, they're, they're all in the same cabal. You know, there's that ball word again. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, it, <laughs> running the same circles the... around the ball statue, you know. <laughs> and I was going to say, it's just a weird place to be, right? Like, because it is so easy to be labeled anti-Semitic in today's day and time. All you have to do is ask one question about some of the things that transpired in World War II and, and mean that in good faith. Like, you are not trying to to minimize what people went through or whatever, just trying to have that conversation, you will be labeled as a denier and you will be labeled as anti-Semitic. You can and thank it, the ADL for that. Yes. And it's totally, it's obviously not true. Like just trying to have a conversation, just trying to get answers and get to the bottom of what actually happened. So we can have some context for what is happening in today's day and time or connecting events like that everything that has been happening in the United States since what the civil war or even the founding of this country is all linked together and that there's psyops all the way down the line, you know, just trying to figure out what really happened can get you labeled as anti-Semitic. It's so it's like, what do you do? Did you know that uh, being a non-Jew, non-rabbinical Jew, even, Okay, that means like Karaites, <clears throat> if they actually read the Talmud uh, and study it, it's actually considered a form of anti-Semitism. So actually you have Talmudic Jews telling Karaites that they're being anti-Semitic. Uh, and they're the original Jews. Uh, it's just 
It's well, a big a mess. Of, there's a lot of infighting, as you say, but that's nothing new, is it? Because look at the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Well, the Pharisees were really the beginning of the infighting amongst the uh, rank and file uh, Judaism, right? Let's be honest. Uh, the, yep. You had the Sadducees and you also had the Karaites at the time. And the Karaites feel as if their legacy was taken from them from the second temple uh, when Zadok was disavowed. So um, that just shows that uh, the fact, and I, so now I'd like Talmudic Jews to go ahead and pay reparations to the Karaites because of what they did based on Zadok the priest. How about that? Let's let's talk about that. Oh, they don't want you to know that. That's anti-Semitism right there, right? You know, I just engaged in it using their own book, right? They're all about reparations normally. Hey, get on it. Get on it. And they're the only group that has this many dual citizens in our government. And it's, you know, if... And all of these dual citizens act in their interests and not in our interests. They don't represent us. They represent them. And, you know, if it was China, people would be freaking the freaking out like crazy. If it was England, they would be freaking out like crazy. But everybody goes along with it because they think that they're, you know, that they're our ally. But, you know, none of our allies have destroyed our USS Liberty. You know, that's right. I would Let's not call this. somebody that did that an ally. What if a group of Nordics came in, took over all the banks, all of Hollywood, and started pimping out the uh, female and or male uh, through a dirty industry and uh, told you that they controlled your entire government because they're chosen? You think that'd be a problem? Let's just turn it around, yep. right? Just turn around the activity, right? And flip it around and let's say, okay, well, that's bad things, right? Okay, then what about this, right? People don't like to do that. They don't like to do that uh, topsy-turvy mind play, right? If you do that, though, it doesn't look real good, does it? Let's say, let's say what if these Nordic people said, well, you, you, know, you can't marry outside your race, and if you do, we'll, we'll throw you out of the religion. That'd be horrible, right? Convert or die. You know, we get mad when other religions do it, but yet mm, there's a little bit of that going around in some of this big J religion, and we don't say anything. Why is that? Because they own and infiltrate just about every industry, so they have the power to shut us up. Did you hear whether they're being told now to stop playing white? That's, that was an interesting uh, articles I've been reading lately about them. Really, they need to. I, they, yeah, that they need to start. Uh, they need to start expressing their otherdom. Yeah, wow. I'm with it. Wow. I am so with it. Please, I'm like, do, do it. That. Let me see what happens. Yes. Go ahead and do it. Yes, please. Let's see. It. Go live in the hood. <laughs> Go get down with the brothers. See how that works. I want to see that one. Okay, just having a couple of Orthodox rabbi rappers isn't going to be the same okay don't even pretend Just you see stop. that sam bangman gets to walk this week you know and well, then uh, and one? people are like oh because he's white and it's like it's not because he's white no everybody i love that when i heard that yeah i was like did you see his fro i'm pretty sure that's not a generic white thing but it might i don't know maybe i'm wrong you know sank sam bank man went freed yeah wow. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, it's so like, all along, funny. Is it you, you have a Dr. Seuss book. 
<laughs> Sam, I am the man who's been freed. Sam, I am the one with bank need. Right. And I mean, going back on another one of these, Bernie Madoff. He made off with he, your yeah. money. Yeah. <laughs> they love doing names. this. They do this all yeah. the time. Yep. They You're sure playing do. us. You're playing us now. All right. It's time for Ashley? people to start coming up creatively missing, as I like to say. That's hilarious. Creatively missing. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> But you know, I mean, you know, again, I'm just not trying to be provoked into being, <laughs> into being. I don't know. I guess the, the the. I mean, what about what about all the fucking non-Jewish players in the game, right? And G- we talked about you. it. Go ahead. Go ahead. And Whenever, uh, Let me hear it. yeah, let me hear it. Whenever we talked about it, Mike, I said that that there's a Venn diagram, and yeah. there is overlap in one area that, that that's extremely pronounced and needs to be talked about. But it doesn't mean that, you know, the guys that are running the deli are in on any of this crap. They're not doing that. The the deli Jews are fine. No, no, most of the no, no. most of them are fine. It's just the ones that are in politics or own our politicians uh are making the biggest mess. And you know and, and you, you see like transhumanist Yuval Noah Harari uh, happens to be from that place, you know, and it's it's all these people that are making our lives miserable seem to have one common thread. Yeah, James but there's Lindsay also would never tell you talk about it. There's also like the Kellogg's and the I mean, were the Rockefeller? I mean, what about the Rockefellers? Are they they were like I think Catholics they're crypto or, Jews? Or, well, they you know? they married in uh, yeah. the Rothschilds are definitely them. But, you yeah. know, uh, and that's, you know, Red Shield. So, you know, you'll notice that in a lot of things. Um, but, yeah, the Rockefellers married in, but that's it. They're not. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe John Harvey Kellogg's the only outlier. He was a Seventh-day Adventist. But he had his own weird, creepy influence. I don't think I don't think the Kellogg family is too big of a I don't know, unless they're in charge of all of the food. Um, for all I know, I don't know. But. Apparently, John Harvey Kellogg was trying to get rid of masturbation. That's why he invented the cornflakes. And then he oh, put the cornflakes in your cornhole to stop yeah. the masturbation. See how that works? Yeah. There you go. Transhumanism, alien abduction syndrome right there. Yeah. He wanted All to curb, in the toss salad. He wanted in to curb the, the male, the male Extra instinct. Cross-dressing. Yeah. It was well, the original know. It was the original anti, anti-masculine movement, John Harvey Kellogg. But, yeah. The other thing that I thought about this too was that even if they're not all of the same declared religion, there is interlocking. There is, I think there's still these old families, these old secret societies. So they're connected and uh, beholden to each other through these various means as well. So maybe if they aren't even necessarily of that heritage they are still connected to each other so like because i you know and this is something that i do struggle to get my mind around like who is the they the ultimate they right because they they trademark yeah right exactly because i do feel like 
as we have talked about a lot, spiritual war, right? So it truly is a battle with evil. So the ultimate one, and I truly believe that these people have sold their soul to the devil, like the top of the top, like the black magic, the, all of that stuff. I believe in that, but who is the, they from there? You know, like who are the humans that actually are the puppeteers that actually sold their soul? And yes, we, um, well, that, they are called the synagogue of Satan in Revelation, and that that is a prophetic book. So, it, I mean, you know, that, that's obviously a nod to that. And I'm I'm thinking that they would be the, you know, the lineage of the Pharisees. Yeah, I mean, the capstone is Satan himself. Well, yes, for sure, Satan. But then, um, you know, I'm wondering where. Because we talk a lot in the the truth circles about these secret societies, right? So we and we have many of them. We have Skull and Bones. We have the Masons. We have you know these different branches of the Masons. We have these um, all of these other groups. So you know, and even like World Economic Forum and uh, Bilderberg and, and all this stuff. So it's like, but are they all run by the same people? Are they like, because sometimes you'll even hear somebody like Ron Paul say, and Daniel as well, like they are not all together. They're not all on the same page, but I find that very hard to believe. I'm like, but look at everything that is happening. It is happening literally in lockstep. They invented the term lockstep. So, so yes, they fucking are all on the same page. But but how and through what means, you know? That's that's a tangent. But that's just something that I'm always like, what the fuck? Well, yeah, it's like uh, there's all these groups, right? You've, you've got the CFR, the Trilateral Commission. You've got, you know, uh, Skull and Bones, uh, Masons. You name them. You can name all of these groups. Uh, the, now it's the World Economic Forum, obviously, um, which is basically a, an offshoot of the Bilderbergs, just kind of a rebranding. Of They're all that. the same people, but, exactly. Yeah, and then we talked about the Club of Rome earlier, and uh, and their their goals, and the UN, uh, and how they're tied into all of this. Uh, I think that they just kind of what we were talking about earlier. Whenever we mentioned that, uh, okay, they're going to try to turn the youth on the adults. Uh, that that seems to be a scheme, but they've also used all this, you know, this crap that they put in our food and our water and our air. Uh, and they basically destroyed the youth. So, you know, it, it's like, oh, well, the, the same agent that they're going to use to come after us is the same agent that they've been polluting and destroying all this time. Uh, I, I don't think that they're all on the same page. I think that they all have an agenda and they go, hey, you know, well, uh, we need to reduce the population. And then uh, somebody's like, yeah, I'll go promote gay shit. Uh, I'll pro promote pornography. And then. You know, we'll put, uh, you know, saltpeter in the Kellogg's, uh, all the stuff, you know, you name it, every single thing. And they're all, they're all doing the same stuff with the same agenda. But sometimes those things sort of, they, they conflict with each other because, you know, if you're going to use the youth as a weapon, you don't poison them. I'm just going to point out, too, that along the background um, of all these people, <laughs> and I lose that, I use that term very loosely, is um, Kissinger, uh, who is a Jew, by the way.
It's turned 100. Yeah. Sucking a few babies on me. And yeah, he still can't speak without a horrible accent. Even tired oh, of that. Oh, he's I'm awful. That crap. You can you can turn him on times two, and it's still too slow. Oh, it's dreadful. He's, he sounds like a super villain. And there's a really good meme out there, though, that's like uh, the Grim Reaper at one of the claw machines. And they're pulling, you know, who what is the latest lizard person to die? And he's like, is Henry Kissinger even in this thing? <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know, I'm reluctant to even open the can of worms of like Japanese culture at this point because we've been going for two hours it literally you know, is a can of worms it's it there's is worms a... in people's buttholes there's tentacles. worms going everywhere tentacles yeah. worms. Okay, let's oh, do things. it let's you do wanna, it you want to yeah. go for it okay yeah. okay okay all right here we oh, go god here we go. so <laughs> it's you know i mean i'll say this i if if i had come up with this theme earlier i would have done more digging I found some kind of mildly WTF stuff, but you can kind of read into what this tells us. You know, again, we, we kind of tried to understand Chinese culture um, not long ago and how, you know, what I find interesting. Okay. So apparently in China, people are pretty rude in the cities. You know, this ex- exclusively applies to the cities. Um but people are pretty rude in the cities. People are, I don't know, it's just every man for themselves. They don't give a fuck about whatever. I shouldn't overgeneralize. But Japan, people seem friendlier. Um, but at the same time, they're very homogenized, just like the Chinese. I, I don't know. I really shouldn't speak to it too much. This is not... This is not anything that's going to blow your mind, but let's see what we have to say. Even today, when we were like walking around, yeah. a lot of people were like surprised when I spoke to them in Japanese. They did, and you speak right? perfectly too, and they still gave you the, oh, your Japanese is right. so good. Right, right, right. <laughs> It's easy to feel like a foreigner in your own country when 98% of the population around you is ethnically exactly the same. But what does that mean for the rising number of mixed families and mixed people here in Japan? Well, today we're getting some perspective on that because I've gotten the chance to walk around with a Japanese man who's grown up in his own country just a little bit different from everybody else. So my name is Jesse and I'm 23 years old and I was born and raised in Japan. So my dad is from Nigeria and my mom's from Japan. Even when I was a kid, I guess I got stared at on a train, uh, in a restaurant. I know that feeling. (laughs) But especially when I go to like a restaurant with my mom, Mm -hmm. since my mom is Japanese and I look foreign, a lot of them don't think that we're family. Okay. Yeah, they'll be like, who's this kid? Um, My mom will be like, oh, that's my child. And And they didn't believe her? Yeah, they didn't believe, yeah. But you seem to have a really good attitude about it. So how do you kind of brush it off? How does it not bother you? I try not to care too much about what other people like 
think about me and just try to be myself. I think um, people liked you a lot. They were more <laughs> social than I am. People are just like, sure, I'll talk to you. Right, right. <laughs> it's funny. And I think the another reason why is because they think that I'm a foreigner. Uh-huh. So that's why like they're very friendly and trying to help. Well, we took this to the streets, actually pretending to be English-speaking foreign tourists to see if anyone would catch on to Jesse's game. And the more people that we talked to, the more shocked we were with the results. So make sure you watch this to the very end. We're not going to watch to the very end. Fuck that. That's all we needed to see. But um, I just found it interesting. This is a guy that grew up in Japan. Like They're just so not used to any kind of cultural diversity that nobody believes him. Even though he speaks perfect Japanese, they don't believe that he's Japanese, right? He's half Japanese, I'll say, and half black for the listener. Um, yeah. It's certainly an interesting mix that you wouldn't see every day, so you can understand people's reactions. It's just a human element. But, yeah. Um, I mean, they're playing it up with this clip, like, oh, you know. Yeah, we don't need to hear the rest of it because I can guarantee there'll be lots and lots of Japanese girls giggling. Giggling, (laughs) giggling, yeah. It's like a national thing. Well, Well, so I... I, Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Ashley. I I just wanted to ask a quick question um, about... Speaking of Japan, Ryan Dawson, whatever your feelings may be on him, he has just... He lived in Japan for a very long time and they just recently moved to South Korea. But they, he talks about a lot why the crime in Japan is so low. And he's sometimes, like, I've seen him ask that question on Twitter before, right? So some people will say it is a lack of, like, inner city, okay, like what we have here in the States. But I felt like, if I recall, he disagreed with them. And maybe it was more about cultural homogeny. But I just wanted to ask that question since we are on the subject of Japan and see what y'all thought about that. Yakuza. That's how it stops. They're basically a group of vigilantes. If a foreigner family comes in and starts committing crime or something like that, I mean, they'll yank them out of their cars and just beat the shit out of them right there in the middle of the street they don't care um and that's pretty much how it works the yakuza deals with external threats right which it may be foreigners especially foreigners they love that shit uh foreigners uh people who won't uh assimilate uh etc and the police look the other way for those activities and now the yakuza is not going to come after you because you like screwed up your japanese when placing an order, they're going to come after you because you decide you're going to set up a little crime syndicate, or maybe you're going to start bossing people around or stepping out of place as it were. And, uh, that gets taken care of very quickly. So, Hmm. because the Koreans have tried to do it. The Chinese have tried to do it. The Filipinos have tried to do it. The Nigerians have tried to do it. And of course they continue to do it on and off. Middle Eastern uh, people, uh, you know, uh, Saudi Arabians uh, have come and tried to set up shop there, et cetera. And you can have a business, but you had better work it through the Yakuza first and you ask permission. Okay. 
before you just go opening up a place. You think it's like America where you can just go down the street and pay the rent and suddenly boom, there's your business. No, if you do that, your business will fail or worse. You had better go to them first, work out a deal. Then they'll even, even if you're, if you're honorific enough, they'll even help you set it up if they think you're a good person. Okay. But if you start going around those types of cultural norms, uh, things fall on your head very quickly and you'll be run out. And what about from just an, a, a citizen crime situation? Do you feel like that's this, there's the same type of enforcement of cultural norms with just like a thief, for example? Yes. Yes. If somebody is known to be a thief, especially again, if they're a foreigner and they continue to do this, they'll get warned. They'll maybe get set up and then the real bad things will start to happen. And the police look the other way. And quite frankly, I think the United States needs this. Uh, I, I kind of see, I, I don't care who cares about this or who's going to say anything. The Proud Boys are kind of set up like that. The Hells Angels are kind of set up like that. As a matter of fact, um, there is a little bit of cross crossover into those organizations People want to say there isn't. Proud Boys don't want to admit it. Hell's Angels don't want to admit it. Banditos don't want to admit it. But there is some crossover between uh, these groups. And they need to start. I think the only way this stops is uh, quiet vigilantism, unfortunately. Hmm. Um, maybe legal. Maybe not so legal. Maybe it's, maybe it's a suggestion. Maybe it's something else. Uh, however, I think that the uh, bad guys, these, these tr like we have this problem here in New Mexico, right? Here's what happens if you don't have a group of people to monitor things and to keep things equitable. Let's talk about real equity, right? Let's talk about 10 generations from back during the Lincoln County Wars of these banditos, not the banditos, the MC, but just bandits, families who are multi-generational crime families. We have that here running the show in New Mexico. And actually one of the reasons why the cartel has uh, had such an easy go at taking hold here in New Mexico is because there's enough of the old Mexican guard that don't want to deal with these multi-generational crime families that have been ruining things here in New Mexico for, you know, hundred plus years. So uh, there will be order one way or another. What order will you pick? That's the question. Obviously, the police can't do any order. They're not allowed to. Well, and so there's that, too weak, too tired, there, too scared. So there's kind of that argument of like, <laughs> would you rather have the police or the mafia? Right. I'd rather have the mafia, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> like you I mean, can I negotiate. I never had a police officer give me a job. Yeah, but or, I've had people in the mafia give me a job and help me out just mm, for asking. Are you kidding me? A lot of people in Mexico seem to have allegiance for cartels um, because they'll give you a job. Yeah, the police yeah, won't. Right, they'll give you a kick I mean, in your ass. This is a common trope where it's like these crime syndicates almost garner more respect and more loyalty in their community than any kind of government agency. Um, you know, this is kind of an interesting thing that connects to it, uh, where basically this, again, Japanese culture kind of assimilates things into into its own. And I think it 
I think you'll have some thoughts. Hi, hi, everyone. Me llamo Mona, And I'm Walter, your host. If you grew up in LA like I did, then you kind of understand just how big of a deal Chicana and Chicana culture is out here. And it's a way for people like myself to both honor the lives that we have here and the lives our parents left behind in Mexico. When I first heard that there were people copying Chicano culture in Japan, it seems surreal. I really had no idea that this world could exist outside of LA. So I decided to go and find out how this spread so far away and why. Our first stop, the lowrider scene in Nagoya. Lowriders are iconic to the Chicano community in Los Angeles and were created in the 1940s. They came to represent rebellion, resilience, and beauty. And so I'm curious about how these cars got here. That's Junichi. He's one of the godfathers of the Japanese lowrider scene and founded one of the oldest car clubs in Nagoya. Junichi's been in this role for more than 30 years. For questions about lowrider culture and Chicano culture, he's someone who people in Japan really look up to. My first introduction to lowriders were actually people in my neighborhood. My best friend and I growing up we used to build these little lowrider model cars. All we wanted to do in life was just own these lowrider cars. Being here has been thinking about all of the cultures Japan has taken on at different points. So it's not surprising that there are thousands of people here that are into Chicano culture. For our next stop, we're heading to Osaka, the cultural capital for Chicano fashion and art. Mickey Styles. Mickey Styles is a DJ and he runs a shop called La Puerta that imports clothes from LA. All right, I think you kind of get the picture here. Um, wow, that's probably yeah. So, so <laughs> what's funny about this is that uh, I knew a lot of Japanese guys, Asian guys, Filipinos that that uh, were in the lowrider scene. So mm. go figure, you know. And that was in California when I lived there. So it goes both ways, you know. This is my point, like cultural overlap, cultural assimilation. Um, having subculture, a counterculture. Um, you know, you brought up like motorcycle gangs, man. The bar that I like to hang out at for a while, the Hells Angels were hanging out at because one of them was dating the bartender. And it was cool for a while, but there were one too many incidents where they mouthed off or, you know, whatever, and they got booted. You know, nobody with colors could come in no more, right? Colors is in, you know, Hell's Angels patches. Patches, yeah. Cuts. And um yeah. cuts, yeah. And and now the bar offers 50% off to the cops. So there's cops in there all the time. 
And I'm like, I really yeah. preferred it when it was the Hells Angels, you know? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. Which bar is it, by the way? Uh, Melody Inn or something like that? Uh, good guess. Good guess. Damn it. Uh, the close, dugout. Huh? The dugout. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Union Jack. They used to go to Union Jack off of, uh, what, 35th Street or something like that, down, mm-hmm. down Speedway. Yeah. You just said Jack off. No. Jack. I said off. down off. off. Jack down off. I don't know. What are you doing? Jack off Stop 35th that. Street. That's all <laughs> anyway. good. Yeah. But no, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. So, I mean, Japan is funny in that they have a very, a very eclectic culture, man. Like, it's a very free you know in a sense culture like i don't know but it's very like obviously they have a lot of sexual fetish type stuff it's a very sexualized culture if i'm not mistaken i really don't but they're not having sex yeah go figure but they're not having sex yeah and like i alluded to earlier like the femboy like the um the pop stars are all like super feminized you know, these groups are like a bunch of androgynous looking, like very, by all accounts, pretty men. And it's just bizarre. Like, I find the Japanese culture kind of bizarre. It's it's weird. It's like they've intellectualized sex, I guess, to, to a degree that it's, you know, that it's not like it's it's more the thought of it than the actual act of it like a philosophical sexuality or something or porn it's just porn and they're porn addicts and they like cartoons more than people that 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 is so bizarre to me that's why i i i'm completely against anime well what was what was happening in the 90s and this is only because i have i've had friends who went there to teach english and actually i started to uh, learn japanese and take the courses to go teach english there um because Korean and Japanese are kind of similar, so pretty easy to go from one to the next. Uh, a lot of the words are the same, things like that. So uh, from what I know of it, uh, what was starting to happen is that the pressures um, for, especially if you're a foreigner, but in general, the pressures on the male is what kind of destroyed the idea of the family in Japan. So if you were going to have kids, pretty much how it went was either you had a shitload of money. That's number one. Number two, you inherited a shitload of money. That's number two. Or number three, you had a shitload of money because you were Yakuza and maybe missing a couple of fingers here and there or something. But those were the only guys who seemed to be getting most of the high quality action um, as far as uh, setting up a long-term relationship, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, there's unfortunately a lot of barriers culturally to setting up a family there. And when the economy was in the tank, uh, well, there was one other option. The other option was have enough money to be able to uh, get her out of Japan and live in America where you could have a decent life. So, but then you start to wonder, right? Is this person actually hooking up with me because they love me or are they, do they just want to get out of Japan? Right. You have to, you have to have that in your head, you know? And I've seen a lot of guys bring women over here that were way out of their league. I mean, mine is to some extent, at least I admit it though. Um, but they would bring these females that were way out of their league, bring them here. And then the female would then basically leapfrog 
economically leapfrog from one guy to the next, right? This marriage, that marriage, divorce, marriage, divorce, marriage, right? And uh, I've seen a lot of that too over the years. So it's kind of a sticky subject uh, in a way. And there's, there's reasons behind it. And I think a lot of Japanese guys just gave up because of the pressures uh, culturally uh, concerning, you know, prestige and, you know, are you even being allowed by that culture to marry or is there something wrong with you or are you not making enough money? You know, there's a lot of hurdles to overcome before it's acceptable for you to marry in Japan. So. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, also thinking about this from just looking at things from the outside is that we should, uh, that a really good idea for a country is to incentivize people to create families because that, that seems to be the thing that that's happening to all these places that, you know, Japan's going to have to import labor. Um, and that that's not good for them, especially not being very friendly with the Chinese. Um, and China's even uh, uh, in a situation where they're not uh, replacing at a good rate, even though they have a, a ton of people there. The only place I think it's uh, India and sub-Saharan Africa. It's the only places that are actually like high, uh, high replacement rates. Yeah. Um, there's also um, more to the point. There's the issue with the replacement rates and also the issue with importing labor. So one problem that China had at one point, I don't know where they're at with it now, but they were importing a lot of people from Africa and Saudi Arabia, et cetera, Sudan, you know, and uh, that did not end well. Uh, I, I would venture to say probably 60 to 70% of the black population uh, either got ran out of China or disappeared into the depths of their uh, political prisons. So uh, Japan's doing something similar with Filipinos they're like, okay, well, we can bring Filipinos and Vietnamese over. But then, of course, then they act out because there's a lot of behaviors that they have that don't fit in with Japanese culture. And then Yakuza goes and starts, you know, beating the crap out of them and such. And they can't really have that because these corporations need to be able to make money. And uh, to the point that it actually got so bad that uh, now they've, you know, debanked. If you're, if, you're even thought to be in the Yakuza or even have an affiliation. Maybe you have a friend in the Yakuza, right? You live in Japan. Uh, you could be debanked. You can lose your job. You can, I mean, can't buy a car, can't leave the country. Uh, you name it. I mean, the, the anti-Yakuza legislation is basically like what, you know, Trump supporters go through. <laughs> so, yeah. I would say that it's sort of similar to disarming a nation because the Yakuza have... Um... The Yakuza have severely declined um, over the years from quite a large number, 180-something thousand to down to, I think it's about 80,000 or something from memory. Um, uh, J Japan are actually currently offering cash incentives for people to reproduce um, because there has been such a decline. And uh, they also suffered very badly from the COVID excess deaths. Um, so they've got a lot of ground to make up for here. You mean the institutional murders? That's, That's what you the meant one. to say. Yes. Thank you. Okay.
Ando dropped off. Where is he? I think he's still out there. He just turned off his uh, can- camera, but <clears throat> excuse me. You know, I've got like another clip, but it's not, I don't know. It's not like groundbreaking, except I guess it comes, it comes from an interesting perspective where it's somebody who grew up in Japan, married to someone who didn't, and they're kind of doing this shit together. Um, in Japan or here in the States? No, they're living in Japan. Um, oh boy. Yeah. That's not easy. I had a few friends come back from trying to do that. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, sorry. Silent. Your dream come true, right? But interestingly, I know so many people from overseas that moved to Japan and hated it. I lived briefly in Japan a while ago. The year I spent in Japan was probably the most unhappy of my life. So don't be surprised if it happens to you. Almost everyone who moves to Japan will hate Japan or Japanese culture sooner or later. You might think it's impossible, especially Japan has so many cool things like anime, crazy game shows, <laughs> and Mr. E's favorite electric bass. Yes, in some public baths in Japan, there are baths that send electric currents into the water. But don't worry, it's totally safe because water doesn't conduct electricity at all. I've known so many people from overseas who moved to Japan and hate Japan after, you know, living here for months or sometimes years later. They usually come here because they loved video games, Japanese culture, or they just wanted some good old-fashioned Japanese fucking. Check out our new merch if you want some fucking too. But after a while of living here, they become depressed. They hate Japan, and the only thing they want is go back to home. Snake, are you okay? <laughs> I hate Japan. I want to go home. There are many reasons why it happens. Maybe some of you have heard of cultural iceberg. If you imagine the culture of one country to be an iceberg floating in the ocean, the part of the iceberg you can see is usually the material aspect of the country's culture. So for Japan, this would be video games, Japanese food, cosplay, statues of Colonel Sanders in samurai armor, you know, obvious Japanese stuff. But what you don't see is the rest of the iceberg. And this is where the non-material parts of the culture are. This can be things like ideas on work ethic, views on raising children, how society views discriminated people. It's usually this part of the cultural iceberg that we all will have problems with when we move to a new country. So, because most of you who are watching this video might be interested in living in Japan or moving to Japan in the future, so I thought it would be a great idea to ask Mr. Eat to talk about his own experience and how he's been dealing with it. Hello, everyone. It's Mr. Eats. Now let's say you have this big plan to move to Japan. As you begin to prepare for your move, you start dreaming about all the adventures that you're gonna get into. Your happiness level starts to go higher and higher, and then you finally make that trip across the ocean, you get off the plane, and you're standing smack dab in the middle of Tokyo. 
the sights, the sounds, the smells, the experience is all so overwhelming. Now, every single thing that you're doing feels like a grand adventure and your happiness is just going through the roof. Welcome to the honeymoon phase. This is the first of four phases of culture shock that you're going to experience. Now, for most people, this is the most incredible part about moving to a new country. You're going to love the culture, the language, and the people. Seriously, you could get mugged in a back alley and you'll probably come out of it saying, wow, that was the most polite mugging I've ever had. Now, the amount of time that you spend here in the honeymoon phase and the next three phases varies from person to person. Now, when I moved to Japan, I was placed in this really nice little countryside town where I quickly made friends and became a part of the local community. I fell in love with every aspect of that town and the people around me. Heck, I even loved my job as an English teacher there. I found so much joy and happiness there that by the ripe old age of 28, I was considering my retirement there. But all of that came crashing down after I met Mrs. Eats. What? Uh, no, no, no. I, I, Welcome to the living room floor where we will be spending the rest of our night tonight. <laughs> now, what I wanted to say was that meeting Mrs. Eats was the best thing that could have ever happened in my life. But Sorry, that went on like 30 seconds too long. That's my fault. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I don't know, man. Japan's weird. It's weird, man. Like all again, like all the cosplay stuff, and like this. Yeah, I apparently Ando's right. Like they have a very low replacement rate as far as population growth. Uh, kind of like China, but for very, very different reasons. If I'm not mistaken, you know, uh, China's was due to their one-child policy that they had for a long time. Well, in their economic collapse, that's not helping either, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and then a lot of, I guess, a lot of uh, faking it, um, trying to fake it till you make it, and they're going to fake it till they break it. Their secret police, that might have something to do with it, too. I don't know. Hmm. Organ donation against your will might have something to do with it. Come on, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing to us? Well, somebody put this in the uh, in the chat. This was Ando. Ando, you want to tell us what this is all about? <laughs> this man, this man became uh, a, a border collie. Yeah, uh, I mean, let it speak for itself. It's uh, is there a video with it? Well, th- there's got to be so. a video with it. I thought so. I had to go elsewhere to find a video, but I do have one. Border um, collie, I'd say borderline idiot. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. All right, check this out. Oh my god, there's no there's no words to this. Hang on. <laughs> I've got no words for it. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. he is a border collie. I mean, I yeah. Now to be clear, this is not surgery. This is a costume. Um here. What you see right next to me is taco. A Japanese man who claims that he turned himself into a dog. Can you blame him for being tired of being human? Just look at how happily he lives his life now. He poses to the camera like a dog. He does tricks following the orders of possibly his owner. He even gets petted like a dog. Many wonder if this is some kink. Could it be? 
Well, soon I'll tell you why he chose to do this. Because it definitely seems like he's really enjoying this dog life. Just look at him coming to a popular Japanese talk show. He recently said, Quadrupedal animals are my favorites, especially cute ones. Collie is my favorite breed of dog, and that is why I decided to go with it. Good boy, play dead. Play dead. <laughs> uh, so this is one of those I can't I can't even hardly stand to even look at it. It's like the NPC. It's the NPC people. Have you all seen the NPC people? Me and Walt covered it. I don't even want to go back to it unless you Crunchy corn. Well, oh, yeah. It is. This it's is like the all animal a, version. A very securitous way to get around getting a job. So mm. I have up the alien, the uh, X-Files scene where the guy says, I want to be abducted by aliens. And it's not because he admires the aliens or anything else, just because he doesn't want to have to go get a job and work. That's all. Makes sense. He yeah. could have just said, 100%. I identify. He could have just said, I identify as a border collie. But he's just gone a little bit too far. Well, there's like a, what, a, a police now that they want to set up, like a board, right? So if you border. say you're transgendered, you know, we need to see how much you want to be transgendered. I, I was like, what are you going to do? You're going to put the dick saw in their hand and be like, do it. I mean, what, <laughs> you know, you're not transgendered enough. I, how do you determine, you know, at one minute they're telling us we can't know the feelings in somebody inside of somebody else's head. And then the next minute they're saying, not only do we know the feelings inside of somebody else's head, if we want, we're going to make them rip those feelings out and show them to us with this board that we've set up because y'all are lying. There's too many people getting too many benefits from doing the weird shit that we are rewarding them for doing, you know? It doesn't make any sense. It's like suddenly you're going to cut off the, uh, you know, identification welfare, you know, the, the, the social uh, largesse that you get from being on the right side of these transgender, transhumanist issues. Uh, it's all very bizarre. Uh, remember uh, Samuel Brenton, the guy who was stealing women's luggage uh, yes. and ran yeah, the yeah. nuclear disposal <laughs> system for the United States. He had a bunch of dog boys as his pets, which were guys that wore leather masks that made them look like dogs and got them to do tricks and did a bunch of that. that there's, checks a marine general. With them. Remember, yeah. there's a Marine general who's walking around yeah. with his dog mask on like a dipshit in uniform. Is that he one really of bizarre? Is he one of Brenton's puppies or not? I think he is. I think they're Ugh. friends. They're furby wow. buddies. Furry Dude, buddies. This this Britain guy maybe is worth really looking into, I think. Uh oh, kind of my show. Yeah. yeah, did you did you did you? Me too. Yeah. yeah Beat him to death. Well, I think <laughs> they all they all need dissexing. Yeah. yeah. Well. That that's the best I think that's the best option. Like stop worrying about your sex. We'll take it away from you. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you so don't need we'll anymore. No there's more. something there's something about like the whole furry and like and I, I'm gonna overlap it with the trans thing. It's just like a very dissociative kind of disorder where you just wanna be something you are not, right? Like I wanna dissociate from my body, I wanna change what I am, where I came from. You know, my my sex, my species, 
I don't know, dude. It's pretty weird. And there's a lot of it going on in Japan, it seems to me. Yeah, they're kind I of wish... ahead of the curve at that one. Yeah. The the system tells people that they can be whatever they want. Not not you can be whatever you want, like you can accomplish something and make something great. You you know, it's not, you know, hey, you can cure cancer. It's that you can be a sick, twisted, you know, porn addict and uh and look like whatever thing that you think you are. Yes, yeah, and then you've got exactly um, artists oh. like uh, if you look up Pat- Patricia Piccinini, P-I-C-C-I-N-I-N-I. She's a Melbourne artist, and she specialises in these gross. They're really gross. You have to actually see them to believe it. They're kind of like chimeras. Um, they're just like half pig, half animal, uh, half human. Uh, half, they're just gross. You've, you've got to see them. But um, that's that's kind of like, well, that was one of the ten things, wasn't it, from Alice Bailey, was to corrupt art, etc. And this is really like, it's almost like, uh, well, I, would, I wouldn't say predictive program. It's more like a conditioning, I suppose, um, visual conditioning. She's been around for a while. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to, yeah, you've got to look her up. <laughs> I can't describe it very well. Gross. Yeah, we have a bunch of weirdos here. Let me play this audio. Tell me if you can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can't Not hear getting audio. You can't hear it? Nope. Okay. Well, anyways, uh, if you want, you could take that YouTube link and play it real quick. It kind of says it all. I think uh, this has been in the works for a very long time. And, and there is a conjunction with the alien agenda as we see it, which is mostly at this point political more than anything. Uh, I just find it funny that we've con- that they've converged these two issues uh, together. And this is uh, where we're at right now. So uh, let me go ahead and play this now. Let me see if it'll play. Um, and I'll go ahead and run it real quick. Uh, is it is it the I want to be abducted by aliens or? Yes. OK, I got it. Good. Go ahead and hit it. How crazy this is going to sound, but. I want to be abducted by aliens. Why? Whatever for? I hate this town. I hate people. I just want to be taken away to some place where I I don't have to worry about finding a job. There it is. <laughs> That's 1993, guys, if I recall. 1993. They had it pegged. Well, that's really interesting because I can't remember who I was talking to recently, another podcast, um, might have been Drew, um, that, uh, oh, it might have been ours actually, unknowns, um, that there's going to be people lining up to, you know, the government is going to say, anyone want to um, be abducted by aliens? And people will line up. Anybody <laughs> so want to cut the dick off? Come on up. Yeah. Hey, no more. You don't need, you need to work anymore. Just cut it off. <laughs> Come on. It's fun. Making line up for lining up for a jab looking quite normal. <laughs> the the, uh, the bread lines in this communist dictatorship have gotten really weird. That's all I know. Stella, did you uh, did you send me this here? That's the Patricia Piccinini website. That's her actual own website, and that's some of I her see. exhibitions. Her bizarre art. Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, Job of the Hut. Look at that thing. That's nice. Yeah. No oh, kidding. If we can find the pig one, that's that's, uh, that's a hairless shrew of some sort. It looks like 
okay, I'll I'll buy that. <laughs> hmm. yeah. yeah, I don't know. So yeah, people are trying to like just basically become anything but themselves. If if I'm not mistaken, um, that's what they I don't know what to think, think of it. Um, but yeah, again, like Japan is just kind of something to look at. They're goddamn. Do I love their trucks? Like I buy I buy nothing but Toyota. And uh, but still, man, like this this border collie thing, you know, there's a little more to this video. Um, <laughs> I, I I'm not I'm not trying to just like dredge the bottom of the barrel, but I think this is like relevant, you know, so here you go. But there is definitely more of a backstory behind his transition. According to a Japanese channel, he was tired of being a human and so he chose to be a dog. And that is why I want to ask you watching this right now as we learn how to accept people for who they really are, where do we draw the line? Taco is not really hurting anyone, he's just doing what he loves. He says that he's only embracing his inner child, that it makes him happy. Perhaps he's only using this as an escape from some real problems. But then again, do you think he's taking it too far? Are you able to accept this knowing that we should allow people to express themselves or there's nothing that can convince you this is okay? Because what if he's doing this just to get attention? Truth is, as we talk about a man who turned himself into a dog, this is not fully factual. This is a $15,000 costume that took 40 days to make and not an irreversible plastic surgery. And as you can see, the moment he became a human dog, he also became very active on social media to reach people with his videos, asking people to subscribe to his channel, making sure that everyone knows he's doing this. Would you look at him differently if he didn't post for pictures and videos? Whatever it is, the internet consistently tests our tolerance. And so as you look at Taco, a man who doesn't hurt anyone, a man who claims this makes him happy, a man who wants to be seen, the question remains the same. The ATF is never there when you need them. You accept this? <laughs> is this where... You draw the line. <laughs> Say that again, Ando. The ATF is never there when you need them. They have a reputation. <laughs> yeah, for shooting, for shooting dogs. Yeah. Well, hopefully he'll never yeah. go to China or he might end up on a menu. Oh, that? Vietnam, <laughs> for that matter? Or Korea? Yeah. I mean, uh. Japan, they eat whale. I, I found something earlier today. They, they eat all kinds of stuff. You can find everything in Japan. Yeah, they still um they still harpoon. Oh, that's that's where they have that bay, isn't it? Where they um round up the dolphins and they have that dolphins. Oh, yep, that yep, makes me yep, sick. I hate yep, that. Yeah. No, it's cultural, but I still hate it. <laughs> I mean, I I I don't know. They sort of halfway have a point though. Like they backed out of the um, whatever you call it, the whaling convention, and they're basically like, uh, it's not any any culture's right to say what another culture can eat per se right um cult, you know it, they have a history of eating that shit but again the japanese also have a history of um being like empirical like 
what they had what, what would you call it like a um divinely divine inspired, right of kings divine yeah. right of of yeah king so yeah. they claimed they claimed uh, a divine you know yeah right to to rule and for many years there was a a single family dynasties of families same same with china you know it's just so interesting how how their cultures diverged you know, obviously, if you if you were to dissect like the difference between North and South Korea, you'd have similar differences, um, maybe more extreme. But I don't know. Asia's weird, man. Asia's weird. Wasn't it Japan who thought the emperor was literally God? Yes. Yes. As, as so, divine right of kings is more like a European phrase, I think. But in Japan, say, they yeah. thought that. Like he was actually uh, maybe I, I don't know the details like a man god or something. Yes, a god placed on Earth, but I think they okay. still had to determine that, that it wasn't necessarily a hundred percent through mm. a familial lineage. Always, mm. I think um, you'd so call that some stipulations, right? Is so. the, would hmm. that be a theocracy? Probably a theocracy. Very close, but not quite. I mean, yeah. they still had other religions and things like that, and mm. they a lot of them in the outskirts they. They're involved in shamanism uh, on top of it, so it's it's really convoluted. So, and let's not forget that Japan is part of the Trilateral Commission formed in 1973. So it's sort of like the tech, the tech corner of that triangle. Well, so is my sandwich. Everything is involved in the CFR, the trilateral. I mean, well, who isn't in it? Let's go there. That's right. Who isn't in it? Did you say? Yeah. I mean, yeah. these people. It just seems like they the members come and go at a whim. I mean. It's 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 everywhere. It's ubiquitous now, almost. We we should discuss all these organizations at some point and just lay them out. You know, maybe everybody come up with a list, and then um, and hopefully we can comprehensively go through them. That'd be a cool thing to delve into one day. I would be a student in that conversation. I know nothing about the trilateral trilateral commission. I mean, I know a little bit about the WEF and whatnot, but there's, there's a lot of them, I suppose. Well, they're sort of referred to as a shadow government, the establishment yeah. and the global elite, basically. So it's America, it's North America, uh, Western Europe. Hang on. Let me check that. Yep. North American, Western Europe and Japan, which is, by David Rockefeller in 73. Go figure. Oh, that that year again. Yeah, I love that year. Yeah, isn't it? It's very it's pretty uh, prominent in Australia too. Bretton Woods? Was that the the same year? Bretton Woods, I think uh 74 maybe. And then uh what uh Club of Rome 73. That's one of their biggest meetings. I think they existed before that maybe, but uh, And that was Pearl, Paul Ehrlich too. Uh, put out his his book, the Population Bomb, right oh, around the Population then. Bomb, and then none then none dare call it conspiracy was somewhere between seventy one and seventy three too, if I recall. Yeah, so the Trilateral Commission seeks only to promote international cooperation for the betterment of everybody. Nothing sinister. So yeah, it's this idea of global citizenship and. Um... The reason I'm kind of emphasizing like East versus West is it seems that, um, again, people have been maybe, oh, this is getting a little spicy, but like people have been sort of homogenized in the East and, and 
in a lot of ways subjugated to a greater extent using various means. Um, but historically speaking, I mean, I don't know. I mean, so, so were people in the West up until not so long ago, but am I, am I wrong in saying that maybe these again, Neo kind of Maoist tendencies, it's, it's almost like they're trying, they're trying to, as, as James Lindsay said, like kind of adapt the virus to the host. And it's like, they're trying to almost catch us up to where China and maybe in different ways, Japan are well, they, currently. They're using all, all parts of this thing. They're using a lot of elements of capitalism and uh, as well in order to do this. That's why that, you know, even uh, Klaus called it stakeholder capitalism. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it, they're using elements from everything basically in order to maximize tyranny, whatever is uh, most tyrannical that they can implement, then they'll, they'll stick it into this new form of technocratic communism, which is, is really the, the main goal that they're going for where everybody's on a, a UBI and mandatory injected and all the other stuff. I put a list in the chat of uh, all the sustainable goals with, uh, with my commentary next to them, all 17 of them, if you're interested. Yeah, sorry for wrecking the flow there. I didn't realize what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's okay. What do you do? You have something? Oh no, I just in the chat. Um, oh. I was just going to. I was just going to read out. That was just the um, the chairman of the trilateral commission. That sort of says quite a lot. So, um, oh. Paul Paul Volker, former head of the Federal Reserve, who is the commission's new North American chairman. This is sorry. This is quite old now. But um, Akio Morita, chairman and chief executive officer of Sony. Japanese chairman, and Count Otto Lambsdorff, I've heard of him, leader of Germany's Free De Democratic Party is the European chairman. It, you know, it says a lot. <laughs> there seems to be a lot yeah. of overlap between Trilateral Commission, uh, you know, Bilderberg Group, yep. uh, World Economic Forum. I mean, these people all just come and go like flies from one piece of shit to another. <laughs> yeah, and the Rockefeller is always in there. I mean, it's Inevitably. basically the same people, Kissinger, Rockefeller. It's all the same people behind pulling the strings, basically. These are the puppeteers. Yep. And that's one of the things that James Corbett has brought up, you know, like don't think that Japan is not involved in the big picture, just like everywhere else, because there are things there that, I mean, it seemed like they pushed back on the vaccine a little bit, just different small things like that. Um, but he was like, just don't fall for it. Don't believe that they are not part of the, the big club or whatever we want to call it. That's exactly what it is. The big club. As Grove said, it's all the same people, people. Yep. Um, so, so now they call it the Asia Pacific Alliance group. So the former Japanese group of the Trilateral Commission has widened in 2000 to become the Pacific Asian Group. Uh, Pacific Asian Group mm -hmm. is composed of about 100 members from Japan, South Korea, Australia, New Zealand, five ASEAN countries, Indonesia, Malaysia, Philippines, Singapore, Thailand, joined by the People's Republic, of course, and India, and some maybe the Taiwanese people. But screw them anyway, because they won't be communists, so we don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, with the Trilateral Commission, it says here, with the takeover by the Trilateral Commission of the United States government through Jimmy Carter, 
there was an explosion of the drug culture and related degeneracy throughout the country. So yeah, it's the beginning of the the end, basically. <laughs> well, not the very beginning, but the practical beginning, I suppose. Has anybody heard about this uh, rumor, speaking of Jimmy Carter and trilateral, com- trilateral Commission and these secret societies, and the fact that allegedly Carter pissed off the aliens somehow, and that's why he didn't get reelected? Did anybody hear about that? Something about he told them they couldn't uh, do any more abductions or something? Huh. <laughs> I have not heard that one. No. Yeah. That's come up recently. And I'm like, and there was like documentation on it. I'm like, what the hell? Well, how did I miss this? No shit. Yeah. Well, do, and, do uh, homework and let us know, man. I mean, that, that's kind of, that's kind of big. <laughs> if they alluded to it in yeah, that, yeah. uh, Jose Chung X files, the one that we just played that excerpt from mm-hmm. actually, uh, Jesse, Ventura alludes to the fact that uh, Jimmy Carter shouldn't have interfered with the alien agenda. And that's why he didn't, uh, that's why he was no longer president. And somebody else brought it up just out of the blue. And I was like, well, holy crap, you know, and then there's like documents starting to pop up on telegram. Uh, Anyway, something to ponder going forward. I find very interesting because uh, Jimmy Carter was heavily involved in the nuclear industry. A lot of people don't realize that he almost blew up a nuclear sub because he forgot to put a cover on some part of a nuclear reactor. Anyway. Well, so I I was having a thought about how, I mean, I was at a, I was at a, a sushi joint yesterday with a couple folks and, um, we got sat down. It was very funny to me. Like I walked in, I was the last one there and um, they had sat us in a table right next to another occupied table, even though there were like 20 open tables with more elbow room. Like we were like right next to this other group and it was a group of Japanese folks. And first of all, I'm like, okay, well that's a good sign. If, uh, if they're eating here too, it's probably a good sushi joint. And, um, I couldn't help but like notice that like they kept looking at us and stuff and it was just funny and like the service was kind of shitty. I'm not going to lie. Like we had to like call our waitress over like multiple times and you know whatever. Um, neither here nor there, but we got talking about how supposedly I had never heard this, but ceviche, right? Which is more of like a South South American thing. Um, was actually Japanese influence on like the Pacific side of South America through like the Pacific islands. And um, I guess you'd say like Polynesian culture. And um, he, this guy at the table, this is somebody I've never met before, but he claims that this practice of like, you know, fermentation of raw sort of uh, meat, right? Isn't that what ceviche is? It's like, a, 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 a cooking method where you don't need any heat. You use like citric acid to almost ferment the meat. Like Chemical that was cooking. Yeah. Yeah. Claiming that basically this was Japanese influence on South Africa or South America. Um, long, long ago. Right. And how to me, that's like sort of a example of this cultural. I don't know what you'd call it. Overlap um, intermingling, but 
like again i'm just i'm all about recognizing like i have nothing against chicano culture to call back to that video like i have something against maybe like violent like gang culture but again i have nothing against the hell's angels till they do something i don't like in 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 my community right and so i i i'm kind of all about the salad bowl if you will right like i said like i said i'm trying to be like uh you know equal opportunity asshole over here and say i i don't i i really hope that we don't get to the point where they push people into race war or identity war or whatever you want to call it um because i don't i don't see i don't see the need man like I like I like a lot of different types of folks. They're certainly trying to push race wars here in Australia at the moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. The and they've been doing that since the 80s with uh, the Aboriginal population, et cetera, et cetera. And all over Europe. Yep. I mean, right. We've touched on this with France. Like. It's I don't know, man. I think that's let the direction they're nudging us. Themselves. You got to right? let people sort it out themselves. And yes. There will be balkanization. Yes, people will be probably killed. But you know what? You cannot have an overarching entity such as a government telling you that you, quote, must get along with anybody. Okay? That is why you don't have a melting pot. That is why you have balkanization. That is why the governments will try and take different areas, isolate cultures into those areas, and then pit them against each other, okay? It, it, as long as you have government involved in the mix, especially global government, and they're forcing it down your throat, there is no good reason to do it. People will have to sort it out themselves. And you know what? That's happened time and time again for probably maybe a million years, okay? There was the Cro-Mags versus the uh you know the uh, homo uh, regular homo sapiens versus homo erectus versus denisovans uh versus you name it right and they worked the shit out okay but a government doesn't do that they have no reason for this to work out that's the first thing people need to understand the government has no vested interest in this working out ever Well, you know, I that's I have nothing, um, no more clips. As usual, it's like, yeah, hey, we're three hours in. Who's got a topic? <laughs> Jimmy Carter, as one of the founders of the Trilateral Commission, who also is supposedly one of the uh, the only president who actually talked to the aliens. Hey, I could read out the uh, 17 Sustainable Development Goals of the UN, if you're interested. Sure. All right. Um, where is it? It's uh, no poverty, and I think that they're going to use a UBI to solve this. Um, no hunger. Yes, you will eat the bugs, and we will 3D print cancer tumors for you. Um, good health and well-being. Vaccine passports health police, quality education, no child left un unindoctrinated. So they'll have their mandatory system where they'll, they'll get everybody to become a part of their, their global identity. Um, gender equality, feminized men and masculinized women until neither mean anything. 
clean water and sanitation. They'll they they have their poop inspectors. So that's for sanitation. They'll find out if you're sick or not, and then they'll put fluoride and lithium in your water. Affordable and clean energy, battery cars, and no pizza ovens. Um, make sure to have you know, Mayor. Uh, the mayor of New York will make sure that you will not have coal-fired pizza. <laughs> All this goddamn racist pizza up in here. Yeah. <laughs> you will talk to me with pizza respect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Decent work and economic growth. Toil. They'll they'll basically give us toil because they'll have robots doing most things. Well, and, you must uh, keep the slaves busy. The useless eaters must be kept busy, yes? Yeah, yeah. Yuval Noah Harari wants us to just play video games. And then uh, and CBDCs, you know, that that's how they'll do their economic growth. They'll have CBDCs. It'll be fake money that even faker than the fake money they had before. Industry, innovation, and indus- infrastructure, unqualified diversity hires running all the systems into the ground, just like that mayor I just spoke of. Uh, reduced in, uh, inequality, technocratic communism. It's it's exactly what they have coming for us. Sustainable cities, 15-minute gulags run by robots. Um, responsible consumption and production. Your carbon, carbon footprint is your social credit score. Climate action, climate tyranny. Life below water. What the fuck? Why why do they have life below water? I think I think that that's really weird to be on the list. One and of these maybe things it, is, is not like the other. That's that is a weird, weird one. Uh, yeah, so it they is. can do like on the on the one movie where they go under the water. What was that? Uh, Abyss, right? We need to go and I don't know, have sex with weird water aliens, or what? What's the deal there? Return hmm. to Atlantis. Oh yeah, there, there you go. Star that Wars Episode One, the the, the yeah. worst one they ever made. <laughs> uh, they'll have to have reverse mermaids where the fish is the top half because. Can't, yeah. Uh-oh. You guys heard that? <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Life below water. I thought that that, that one was really weird. And then, uh, like, are they going to put us in cities underwater? And I think I could see them trying something like that, but I I don't see people wanting to live in the sea lab. Uh, life on land, banning people from natural spaces. Yeah, they that's that's something that. They have an agenda for. In fact, the UN is buying up a lot of these, uh, a lot of these natural spaces, in, uh, and so they're all controlled by the UN, and they'll keep people out eventually. Peace, justice, and strong institutions. Yes, the same corrupt old people running all of these systems and keeping everything as corrupt as it is, and uh, partnership for goals. All of those institutions we just talked about. Um, oh, you know, the CFR, the Trilats, the, you know, the Bilderbergs, the WEF, all of them, uh, all partnership for the goals. Partnership for the goals is the last one. And I think it also means countries. They're probably talking about countries and, you know, that they're trying to, to split the countries up into two teams, the, uh, you know, the NATO BRICS teams. So there's that. Yeah, partnership for the goals sounds like a thinly veiled appeal for global government, if you ask me. Yeah, partnership amongst what would otherwise be sovereign nations. But what do so I we know? Need to, we need to push back on all 17 of the sustainable development goals, even though they all sound 
nice and frilly on the surface. And then whenever, you know, I scratch the surface and tell you that it's actually poop, uh, we need to resist all 17 of these things as much as we possibly can. Yeah, it's um, they're definitely getting us into lockstep because there's things, things starting to happen here in Australia that have been happening in America and also vice versa. So it's sort of like it's getting more and more in sync, isn't it? More and more into like we're all kind of marching at different paces and now we're all starting to get into rhythm, you know what I mean? Well, they are putting us into rhythm, I should say. Um, like, for instance, Victoria just banned gas stoves, etc. Now that sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? Yep. You guys have been through that. Um, and the division with the race wars is ramping up and the wokeness, of course. I mean, that only really worked in one state. I don't think Australia really took to that very well. Was that Victoria mostly? Yeah, good guess. Boy, <laughs> Dictator they bought it lock, stock and barrel, those ding-dongs. What the hell's wrong I'm with sure that? Sure did. Yep. There's been a mass exodus so. from Victoria too. This that is why I'm... familiar. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say this. Victoria, the California of of uh, of Australia. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Dictator Dan runs. Somehow got voted back in, but ha ha ha. No, he didn't. He was selected, obviously. Oh, There's he Trudeaued himself into power again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I feel like they have these handful of basic issues that they're trying out to varying degrees in different places at different times, right? So there was all these trial balloons whenever the government lockdowns happened over a virus. And then we we saw that they were testing and seeing sort of the 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 boundaries of population in different places, right? So we have some, you know, these some places had some semi-permeable boundaries. Um to some of the mandates and then some of them had no boundaries at all. And I think there was all this experimentation going on. And of course it was not related to a virus. It was related to the next steps in our March toward, you know, tyranny basically. Oh, to 100%. It's all a big social thermometer. They're just yes. dipping it in here and there, see how it goes, uh, refining it, having their little think tank meetings, refining that, the finer details, you know? Yes. And Can... in the same way with outrage or, you know, the certain issues, how are they perceived and talked about online in the public square on Twitter? So that's a huge yep. thermometer that they use exactly. for things like this. I mean, for example, you'll have people that you're not following at all uh, show up in your feed. You don't like their content at all. It's obvious from everything that you like and the people that you follow that like, for example, myself, Whenever the issue came up with Peter Hotez and Joe Rogan and kind of their little public spat and Peter Hotez wouldn't have a debate with RFK Jr. on Joe Rogan's platform. And I then after that happened, I kept getting Peter Hotez showing up in my feed. And so I really feel like things like that are also these micro test balloons that they're doing, you know, so here, like in some places in Australia, we're going to roll out the app and make sure that you, you report back to us that you're home through this app, right? So they're just many, many things like this all over the place um, that they're, they're constantly doing. And as Stella said, Stella said, refining you know, the manipulation of the population. 
Honing their craft. Honing their craft. Whittling it. Yes. Is the uh, social thermometer a rectal thermometer? I need to know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sort of of feels like that. 100%. It's, why, it's why does it need to be the why does it need it, to be the size of a telephone pole? I don't, I never understood that. It's one of those so ones that to me. It's one of those so ones one, that's shaped like a gun, I think. We need a, we need a jobs butts. program to make it bigger. <laughs> so, oh my you know, goodness. Yeah. One one of the test balloons they floated out that scares me the most is the debanking threat. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, no, they've because, already done it. They've yeah, done they've it used it. already. They, They've yeah. used it. They've used it in Canada. They've used it in the United States against PayPal, against uh, people with dissenting political views. You know, it, they've done yeah. it over nothing more than political views, not criminal, nothing else. It was just that the bankers don't like your opinions. And that, dude, like, I mean, you could make a million arguments as to why that's extremely threatening. Like, what you can't buy property, you can't, you know, you can't get a hotel room. You can't, you know, without, without a tie to a bank, you are essentially a non-person. I mean, that is a huge threat at this moment. We need to think about what, what do we do to counter that? There needs to be, we need to start working out strategies for this. Do we take somebody else's identity? Um, do we make somebody else disappear? Look, man, nothing's off the table. Because they're the ones who built this table. Okay. They've already threatened to kill all of us. They've already said they would like to do that. And they've tried. And they continue to try. I guess my thing is, is that when do you go, all right, you know what? This really is the dystopic sci-fi goddamn nightmare that I've seen Hollywood pushing down my throat for the past 40 years. You know, Uh, maybe longer. I said uh, a while back that we're going to get agorism. It's just going to suck. It's going to be, it, it's going to be there, but yeah. it's yeah. not going to be, it, it's going to be out of necessity and it will be, you know, so I, I tell everybody, you know, uh, gold and silver, it's all right. You know, it's going to be hard to make change for, but uh, brass and lead stack up. And Hey Duke 2029. Yeah. And also yeah. in my case, air, lead, and carbon fiber. Those are going to be good things to invest in too. Yeah, yeah. see, I, I I don't know how the heck I'm going to defend my crops. It's going to yeah. have to be something because Rig I it. can't even electrify stuff because if I'm off the grid, which you know, if I'm chucked off the grid basically, which I fully expect to happen at some point. Um I can grow my own food and stuff, but what how am I going to defend that? Because when the hungry people start looking for people who are growing food, what am I going to do? Are, are air rifles legal? Rob's yep. got a no, automatic. Oh, really? Can't even have start, a freaking slingshot. Yeah. Really? They were trying that here. They tried to implement that here in Albuquerque at one point. Any projectile weapon is how they had uh, written it up. So anything, you know, even your arm, theoretically, if you were to throw a rock and hit somebody, you could probably face you know, gun charges. Idiots mm. had it all messed up. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit of a problem. Uh, I just had this thought too. You know how um, they sort of, they um, send signals to each other, uh, like symbolism or stuff like that. This is a little bit way out there, but it just, when we were talking about the test balloons, it sort of took my mind back to those 
stupid idiotic balloons that were floating across the country and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's mm, like yeah. that, that seemed so weird to me and it just didn't make a lot of sense, obviously probably to other people. Um, but was that – I just now thinking, was that some sort of a signal? I believe it was in the way they handled it. I also believe that the uh, stub that allegedly – imploded i think yep. that was also a signal right mm. yep so just fyi above, so below uh, yeah well you had the balloon pop above yep. you mm-hmm. had the balloon pop below yep kind of interesting kind of running a first full circle right there mm-hmm. it's like all systems go come on people as in yeah. them. <laughs> who's, so who's if you Jake? want to make a if you want to make a air rifle, by the way, all you need is a scuba tank, uh, a dump valve. You could make a dump valve, okay, if you had to, with a drill, piece <laughs> of aluminum, and then a barrel of whatever sort, maybe a uh, oh, for example, see if you can find like a quarter inch, six millimeter piece of ID, uh, DOM metal and uh it's not too hard uh but you copper copper can't handle the pressure but Uh, (laughs) yeah you're gonna need you gotta know what you're doing (laughs) you're gonna need steel you're gonna need steel so all you need all you need is a 3d printer and a um you don't even need that a A hardware store and a hardware well in a hardware store yeah you're gonna need springs and stuff like that but uh there's not much to it you'd be surprised I mean, after taking apart what I thought was a very complicated weapon, uh, I, may, I may even do this. I may even reduce it down and start proliferating plans for Perhaps. a projectile weapon based on a scuba tank. So, mm-hmm. Perhaps you could uh, post me a bit at a time. <laughs> I, could, I could definitely do that because guess what? It's not illegal to send you the parts. That's it. Whoops. <laughs> And they can make it look like something else. So this is this is not legal or health advice. It's but... very legal. <laughs> <laughs> not legal advice. I'm just saying. Not it's legal for our health and safety. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. But no, man. The, I mean, this is what the 3D printing crew is proving. Like, you can write as much law as you want. We are smarter than your law. I mean, yeah. get get off our backs already. Like, but. That's a whole nother can of worms. You know, I'm, I'm inclined to say, did anybody come with a topic prepared that they have not addressed at this point? Nope. There might oh, have been one. I think we've hit almost everything, but uh, yeah. there might be one floating around out here. All right. Well, uh, then how about how about any final thoughts or not necessarily final? If if, you know. If Rob finds something pressing in his little research that he appears to be doing, but no final thoughts. I mean, like I said, I, I, I tend to be of the inclination that there's sort of this push and pull about like some, sometimes it's, it's homogenization that, that we're fighting against. But at the same time, there's almost this like sick, um, how do you say? Like, multiplication of like perverse things like i'm not trying to say anything ill of the japanese culture but it's almost like they are going in in every possible direction all at once as opposed to like i almost see like a um, spectrum from like north korea totally controlled totally isolated to china 
like mostly controlled and then japan which is like controlled but at the same time kind of let loose and they all seem to be <laughs> i don't know negative in my opinion does does any of that make any goddamn sense i was just kind of riffing <laughs> people love disaster and apparently japan has decided it'd like to be one well, they did make all them Godzilla movies back in the day. I mean, maybe they just crave self-destruction. Like, I don't I still don't understand why they didn't uh, admit to the problems with Fukushima when it happened in, what, 2010? You know, that's still a mystery. Well, that's part of the Chinese culture, too, is like saving face, like not mm. admitting fault. Especially in that Japan. needs to stop. That That is really... Uh, a that is really a black mark on any society when they can't admit their failures properly that is so so cultural though that's so deeply cultural i can't see that ever happening in japan unless it's completely taken over by new it's, it's it's the dark side of like an honor society like i think there's some benefits to like honor society or yeah like you have to preserve your honor you have to maintain your your honor um but when it's when it's to the point where you refuse to admit fault you know like what i loved about working in, in the construction business was it was like a known thing you know it's like rule number one well really rule number one don't get hurt rule number two if you fuck up fess up you know, that's right. I, own own I think, your shit. I'm all for that. Own your shit. I'm like, that's a really good policy. You know, just yes. admit, admit it if you fuck up. Yeah. The only reason you'll be in big trouble is if you just don't admit it, you know? Yeah. Cover up. It's like trying to tell a lie and then you got to tell a thousand others to cover that one. Mm -hmm. But that's starting to seep into our political system and our society where we're rewarding people who lie. I mean, come on, let's be honest. Uh, the trans agenda is nothing but a big lie. We're yes. literally rewarding these people. Like in the military, if you go trans, you don't have to uh, ever worry about um, physical fitness tests or anything. You don't have to pass any of that shit. You could be a big, fat behemoth, eat yourself goddamn silly. Yeah, they, just as long they as don't you go to combat. That's right. They don't go to combat. They, they just get their trans surgery paid for by U.S. dollars, tax dollars. Yeah, and, they might they yeah. might break a nail. Well, you never know. And see, scream how, like a girl. So this that feels okay. Sorry, Mike. Earlier, you were talking about provoking a side, and this kind mm -hmm. of shit is exactly what I think. Like these tiny slights, right? And they're not all tiny, but I would say like this one is a slighter, um, a slighter offense. But to the traditional red-blooded American um, or, or who they're trying to classify now as dangerous right-wing extremists, they are trying to provoke them. That's what January 6th was. That's what obviously throwing the election was. That is what all of these things are. Um, basically creating an entire propaganda campaign against dangerous right-wing domestic terrorists extremists or whatever like trying, i trying to provocate a response yes they yeah. are trying and it's like with demoralization as well 
because you let an entire country know that you're willing to take these people from January 6th and let them sit and rot in solitary confinement. They were treated like terrorists, even though they're American citizens. So I do think that that provocation is happening here intentionally from the side who, if if it was between left and right, red and blue, from the people that could do more damage but but actually now that i'm saying that that's not necessarily true because we saw what happened with black lives matter and the, those protests and they did a ton of damage how they were treated was totally different but well, what what are you promoting with your movement are you promoting cultural marxism or something else i mean for sure that dictates the response 100 percent and so, don't forget, yeah, and don't forget, Australians got peaceful protesters got fired at at uh, in a, in Canberra with rubber bullets and that's right and yeah. direct energy weapons, which the police did not admit to, uh, and then they finally did. Yep. Mm -hmm. Care about the MRADs, right? The uh, sound weapons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, was that over? Thought... Was that over lockdowns, Stella? Uh, I'm trying to remember if it was actually in lockdown time. I think it was after uh, 2021. What were it they was protesting? Horrendous. The mandates, etc. Okay, so still lockdowns. Basically, let's freedom, just call it all. Let's just call it all lockdown, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, lockdown lasted three years. It didn't last, you know, right? I mean, different states in the U.S. It was it. It could you could claim like oh lockdown was only three months six months nine months no it was three goddamn years yeah pretty much exactly it yeah yeah and they're still pushing boosters and things so mm -hmm. they still it's pushing hard. boosters it, over there it's halfway lockdown in a lot of places you know more than others I can't believe you know the stuff I saw from Australia y'all had concentrate concentration camps it was intense it was yeah. freaking in oh they're still there <laughs> no There's shit. Mm. No, they're, they're there. They're empty, but they're there. At the well, why there. waste good infrastructure might come in handy. That's right. Mm -hmm. uh, just as in passing, um, you know, I know however you feel about Proud Boys or whatever, I don't care. Okay. But here's the deal. <laughs> uh, in Glendale Heights, the hometown of Billy Corrigan, uh, <laughs> oddly enough, <laughs> Glendale Heights, Illinois, uh, there is a big dust up going on uh, right now between the police and some of the members of the Proud Boys and other people who decide they want to do things like wear Second Amendment T-shirts and things like that. Really? Uh, yeah, they're trying to uh, play a game basically whereby uh, they're saying that they're indemnable from any of the gross, grossly illegal activities that their police perform because they're a, quote, private corporation. The village is privately incorporated. This is the level of shit that the police are willing to go to in an effort to try and abbreviate your rights. So if you think the police are on your side, I got bad news for you, man. They probably aren't. And that's well, all there is to it. A global citizen has no rights, only responsibilities. Mm. He has a stake, but he has not a real stake. Yes. That is what he has. Stakeholder. Yep. 
I'd like to take that stake and put it right through the heart of these goddamn World Economic Forum vampires. I was just going to say it's the vampires are holding the stakes. <laughs> yeah. Why would you why would you be saying these things stake? On that note, on that note, I bought a crossbow tonight. So Ooh, nice. you might goddamn need it. Okay. <laughs> Maybe Paint a little green, bit of silver. Baby. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Silver on those on those stakes too, on those crossbow mm-hmm. bolts. You're going to mm-hmm. need it. it. I just might. I just might start growing some well, garlic i tell you what yeah. y'all it's it, we're going on three and a half uh i'm gonna just open it up and say any final thoughts maybe try to keep them brief and then we'll wrap this some bitch right up stay dangerous every person just as free as they choose to be amen yeah i would say hold the line stand strong and buy a crossbow <laughs> i wish i got kunai's they're uh, Japanese throwing knives. Um, that's that's my my analog. If everything is you know screwed up and that's all I can do is throw knives, it's pretty fun to practice. I thought you said oh, some of them along your I thought you said coon eyes, like like maybe you had like <laughs> like, like raccoon like, eyes. Yeah. yeah, raccoon eyes. No, like, K U N A I kunai. Uh, there's there's little throwing daggers, um, and they're they're cheap and they're fun. To practice with so i got some shuriken lying around somewhere oh yeah yeah i need to get some of those too we need to get stella a big ass potato gun or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah throw some spuds as ammunition i could do that i hit somebody in the chest with a spud cannon once it it did them in pretty good that and some bunch of hairspray yeah it'll it'll put somebody down See, Stella, where there's a will, there's a way. Hundred percent. You can take uh, match heads and put them in a tennis ball, and then shoot that with a potato cannon, and you got a pretty crazy thing going on there. Cricket ball. A little bit of uh, what uh, bleach and uh, what bleach and potassium chloride. Um, You can you can make some fun stuff with that too. It's dangerous what a free man can do with a little bit of chemistry knowledge. I tell you. Amen. Yeah. Look, I think um, like an animal in the corner, I'll be able to come up with something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of course, if when you're... I say man, when I say man, I mean humankind. You know, Stella. You yeah. know, you're included. Know. Yeah. If your uh, if your tradies have extra caulk tubes left over, like just partially used, those work great out of a potato gun too. Oh yeah. It's funny. I had that in my head actually. I thought I've got a couple of those things. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Go off and think about that. All right. Well, I mean, I think it's time to call it a night here. Uh, we are we are hitting three thirty, which isn't quite the record. I think we beat the record last week. Um, I would have to look. I'm not gonna, but you know, if we ever go to four hours, I'd be stoked. I all I would have to say is that we need to start an hour earlier, which would be yeah. Fine. I'll buy that. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But yeah, this has been the WTF Forum. I'm Mike the Polymath. And, um, you know, check me out at easypeasy.ittybitty.tips. And I'll pass it to Stella Q. Yep. Uh, Stella Q, thank you for having me. Um, Union of the Unknowns podcast, along with Ashley. And uh, pass it over to Ando. I am uh, Burn Babble on Burn and the Doom Kitchen. Find me at libertylinks.io slash the Doom Kitchen. 
and email me at the doom kitchen at protonmail.com. Ashley. I am Ashley. Think change repeat from the union of the unknowns, as Stella said, and you can find me at union unknowns on the um, X app, formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> um, Rob. Okay. So this is Rob here at the black labs podcast. And uh, you can find me at Spotify. I still have some things up on Spotify, Black Labs, B-L-A-Q-L-A-B-S. And uh, hopefully uh, I'll play around with YouTube here in a little bit and probably get kicked off after five minutes. Uh, but you might find me out on there and also Telegram, Black Labs Podcast. Once again, B-L-A-Q-L-A-B-S Podcast. Hopefully you can spell podcast. Don't make me spell that. Come on. And Walt. Uh, yeah, Walt from the podcast, How I Embrace the Suck. Um, give it a listen. You might be surprised who's on. should be found on. If you, if, the, if there's a podcatcher that you don't find it on, email me and I'll get on there. All right. Well, this has been the WTF Forum. Thank you all for joining. And just to clarify, Ando found out that last week only went to 326 so this is officially the longest wtf forum ever well done everybody we've done it right (laughs) thanks for coming and we will talk to you soon if you would like to donate to the easy peasy podcast please go to easy peasy dot itty bitty Dot tips. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>